one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of history and from Force Center, this is Indiana Jones and the Perilous Podcast, a deep dive discussion about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm Ken Napsom. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm excited to have this episode be Force Center and the speaking of the spoilers. Uh, I'm so excited to dive all the way into Dial of Destiny. Well, that is what we're going to do. 
We've been having a lot of fun, first on Patreon, then to the public with the Indiana Jones and the Perilous Podcast series, something you all made happen because of your support on Patreon. Uh, it's kind of our first foray into other center, looking at things outside the Star Wars galaxy. But this one made a lot of sense. Indiana Jones, Spielberg, Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, and oh yeah, Harrison Ford. The connections are strong. And it all built up to this Indiana Jones, Dallas Destiny, the fifth movie in the in the franchise. Uh, final, you know, you put a question mark on that. I think that's fair, but uh, by all accounts, uh, what we've been told, the final with Harrison Ford as Henry Walton Jones Jr. We are going to, as we said, dive in, as Joseph just kind of mentioned. This is a heavy spoiler discussion. On the off chance that you're a Force Center listener who's still planning to see the movie but haven't had a chance to yet, eh, go ahead. Press pause. Come back when you have, because we are going deep into this one, Joseph. That is right. And and I want to echo Ken's thanks for uh, the Patreon supporters who made it possible for us to experiment with Indiana Jones and the Perilous Podcast. I would have really enjoyed this movie regardless, but spending the time to really go through each film, really discuss them, has greatly increased my love of this franchise and greatly increased my uh, appreciation of this film, which I would have really, really liked, but instead I love. So I can't wait uh, to dive into it. Mm -hmm. uh, We're going to be talking about this one the same way we talked about some of the other films, which we've been spending a moment to really just uh, look at, hey, who did this? <laughs> hey, who did this? Hey, uh, who who did made this film? Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is swinging into theaters at a big old 154 minutes. It's one of those longer movies that oh, they yeah. have in the cinemas today, Ken. Uh, Directed by James Mangold, <laughs> a, a, a human with a name that sounds like other people would have paid to get that last name. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but yes. I guess it's just his James Mangold. Um, continuing with our adventures in uh, interesting last names, the film uh, is credited is written by uh, Jess Butterworth and John Henry Butterworth. Uh, some siblings, uh, they have a history as playwrights and they've worked a lot with Mangold. Uh, working on films like Ford v. Ferrari, uh, and then other films uh, that not Mangold-connected necessarily, like uh, the James Bond film Spectre, which I like very much, and I'm <laughs> often very alone in, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which other people actually do like. Uh, and it uh, also gives credit to uh, David Kep, who worked on an uh, earlier draft uh, in his was the writer of Crystal Skull, and then some other movies you might have heard of, like Jurassic Park and you know, 2002 Spider-Man and Mordecai. So a lot going on there. And then, of course, James Mangold himself has given a, a writer's credit as well. Ken, any reactions to the the writing credit? The This is directed by James Mangold, not Steven Spielberg, uh, that beginning point of discussion. That's a great way to start this discussion. Uh, that... Um that my journey with Mangold has been interesting because as as if, as Force Center listeners have discovered, I've been I've been like I knew he did Logan and I can't remember what else. And then people were like, "Hey, he did two of the other movies you talk about a lot, or at least enjoy, and have talked about <laughs> at other podcasts: Three Ten to Yuma, the remake of that, and then Girl Interrupted from 1999. Uh, I, I love that film. Uh, uh, big Angelina Jolie fan and Winona Ryder. And that was like this big Oscar film and all those things. I, I was a big, big fan. 90, 1999 was a, uh, Ken was a cinephile for one year during that year. <laughs> and so I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I, yes, I, okay. I don't pay attention to director credits. And that kind of along the way made me excited. Plus is now involvement, um, official involvement in Star Wars. There've been some unofficial involvement in Star Wars before with the possible Boba Fett movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, I but but when the change happened, which was twenty what twenty nineteen twenty twenty range when Spielberg I think twenty twenty yeah when yeah. Spielberg officially stepped down, 
I had some trepidation. Uh, you know, um, we'd already been a few years into the Star Wars world, not having George, uh, you know, was directly involved, and that had worked out fine for me. I know that has worked out for everybody. So, but 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 Indies, I don't know different different uh, different different uh, character, different franchise, different beast, and and so uh, we're gonna talk about it and what what Jim brought to it, and I absolutely loved what he brought to it at the end of the day. But yeah, that's a good place to start. I was nervous. I was nervous. Yeah, I, I think I was not. I I, I have still not seen a girl interrupted. <laughs> I need to get on that uh, and complete my 1999 film studies. Um, I was mostly familiar with Mangold from Logan, and, and yeah. like many people thought, Logan was amazing because it was so layered, had such interesting ideas. But I love that Mangold kind of became uh, in pop culture discussion circles like you need a story of a. <laughs> of a mm-hmm. brooding older man at the end of their journey, <laughs> you go to big Jim Mangle for that. <laughs> and that's what started uh, the suspicion and the hope that he'd write an old man Boba Fett film. And it turns mm-hmm. out now we realize he was working on it. So when he was announced, I was happy about it for a couple of reasons. Um, I didn't want Spielberg to do it if Spielberg wasn't feeling it. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and now that I know a little bit more of Spielberg's story, you know, just deeply loved the Fableman's, um, and, and seeing that he's in a different place and, and, and needs to do something different. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with passing off the, the baton. Um, and, and Mangold seemed like a great person to do that because I think he does have a passion for this kind of story, which is uh, the, the sunset of, yeah. of, you know, the old man Logan, you know, old man Indy. Um, but also this is a generational tale. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a, without literally being like we're we're setting up and, and announcing the uh helena shaw franchise it still is a generational mm-hmm. tale and to me that makes it more powerful when uh a director has a relationship like like mangold has with these of i grew up with these i'm taking the baton from spielberg i'm learning from him but i'm also trying to make it my own that's part of the story so it makes sense to me that that's a part of the director yeah absolutely and um and you know, Spielberg has uh, said some good things uh, since the movie came out. Uh, obviously, but you know, it makes some sense. But uh, reading some of the things he told him before, uh, it seems like uh, it all hit. Yeah, absolutely. So we always like to talk about our experience of viewing the film because I think the way that we see it, who we see it with, how, what headspace we're in, can sometimes affect the way that we take in a film. So uh, you got to have a, a fun experience uh, 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 by going to uh, the premiere with Mark Ellis, right? Yeah, it was Mark Ellis's plus one, and and those are always fun. Can't lie, they're 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 pressy, they're they're work events for sure, but they're damn fun ones. And so there was a lot of thrill, a lot of great energy. Um, got to hang out for a brief second, as I said before, with like uh, our buddy Nikki Kumar from the Imperial Senate podcast, Gus from Try to the Force, the uh, James and John from the Resistance broadcast were there, and uh, I think th- that was their first film premiere experience. It's you know fun to see that, and and, and they're all yeah. dressed up, a lot of fun experience. <laughs> but but it stresses, it can stress me out a little bit because you're in a room full of cynical people, <laughs> <laughs> cynical people, and if you're coming to uh, for a cynical view of Dial of Destiny, uh, this ain't it, sport. And uh, I can carry that kind of anxiety into me. But I had total fun, and, and Mark uh, Mark is not that at all. So we, we had a lot of fun and celebrated. And then I got to see it in the public uh, this past weekend, um, which was great, um, except for just the people I share the theater with, as, a, as, as you all hear on another episode of Force Center this week on the news show. But um, a lot of fun, good experiences. 
Well, good, good. Um, I'm happy to hear that it was a good experience. And uh, I know what you're you're saying about the the premieres. From uh, I haven't been to one, but now you know, understanding it, talking to people like yourself about it, a lot of times the premieres are sort of broadcast to the the world is uh, the stars show up and here's the lines of uh, the stars, you know, sh- uh, signing things for people cosplaying as their character. So it looks from the outside like a fan event, but your experience has been, there are a lot of people from the industry, there's press, there's other creators, and they're all a little bit of like, is this, is this going to work for me or not? Arms folded. Is that what you mean by the cynical energy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and that's a general sweep. And I always like to say, hey, I'm, I'm being general here. Um, you know, specific uh, uh, people enjoyed it. And had good conversations. Uh, uh, Nikki, Gus, James, and John for one. But but yeah, <laughs> um, uh, just where the industry is. And it's just the, the, I think there's an art to being a film critic. And I think there's a lot of people who don't, um, aren't artists in that regard. And, and, <laughs> and, and arms folded is a great way to look at it. And there's people in the industry who uh, have probably great things and, and great critiques and no movie is perfect. That's not what we do here. But if I, also, if you're just showing up to Force Center, who are these guys talking about Indiana Jones? This is a look at the themes. This is a look at the art. This is a look what the movie is saying to you and how you can apply it to your life. Also, I'm a giant fan of Indiana Jones, so I'm coming to it with an open heart. And I, I don't need anyone to, to mirror my energy uh, for me to enjoy mm-hmm. it. But um, they also love to give their opinions to you. <laughs> and, <laughs> unsolicited. And, yes. Unsolicited opinions. And I'm often like, stated as facts. And I'm, yes. And I'm like, I, I don't want to get into a fist fight at the Dolby. I got to get out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> during the actual film, what was the audience responsive? Did they applaud? Did they Absolutely. cheer? Did they laugh? Absolutely. It's still, they do a great job of bringing a lot of different kind of folks there. But like there was a guy next to me I didn't know. God bless him. I think he just, he wasn't his vibe and that's totally cool. Uh, but he kept huffing and puffing during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, you're, and then we're in the second balcony. I'm like, I can toss you over. Let's do this. Let's go. Like, I, <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it was just that kind of thing. Can happen. But that can happen anywhere. Right. I had my, one of my Rise of Skywalker viewing marred by someone behind me insulting Daisy Ridley anytime her face was on screen. And it's just like that stuff, that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. Well, that that is a wonderful segue into my very positive experience uh, of seeing this film, because I think I was geared up for some of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there had been the kind of weird, confused energy coming out of Cannes where there was Mm -hmm. a a couple of really good reviews. But then the sort of the official reaction was, "Ooh, it's mixed in box office report saying probably not going to do as well at the box office as it should because they're really mixed reviews. And I have been so deeply loving uh, our journey uh, Mm -hmm. through the Indiana Jones films and appreciating them on on more levels and getting great responses from listeners about the things they pick out and, and have appreciated. And I I said this uh, on our, our stream, I think the trailer for dial of destiny is one of the best trailers I've seen because it, it tells you exactly what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, Every indie film has sort of advanced what the supernatural uh, MacGuffin is it's a man at the end of his days who's going to have regrets. It's a Nazi. It's a dial of destiny. Uh, it's two people who would want to time travel. It's a daughter following in her father's footsteps. A bunch of people who would want to time travel. And I was like, I can't wait to go see a Nazi try to go back and fix World War II. Yeah. I can't wait for Indy to see what's Indy's relationship with the possibility of going back and just in looking one of your regrets in the face. Mm. Uh, I was so ready, like bring on the F and time travel. <laughs> My yeah. only question was when, where, and what's it going to mean? I was so ready mm. 
and wanting what this film was and was expected and was without really thinking about it, I was fearful of being surrounded by folded arms and, you know, uh, eyes rolled so hard. You can hear it in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I went to um, the Grauman's uh, Chinese theater and uh, long story short, it was just an explosion of joy that mm-hmm. I haven't experienced in the theater in, in a little while now. And it was phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. Tons of people dressed up as indie. A um, lot of, a lot of uh, f- father and son, both father and son dressed as indie. Right. Um, uh, th- this one person had it perfectly timed just right before the actual film began after the trailers, screamed out Sala's line that people already knew from the trailer of give them hell, Indiana Jones. And everyone laughed and cheered. And throughout mm-hmm. the movie, they, every, people cheered for everything, they cheered for the first appearance of uh, CGI Indy. But then when Indy pops up in 69 mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in his undies, <laughs> exhausted and you know uh having hr puffing stuff on the background people applauded for indian as undies they applauded for the map with lines appearing mm-hmm. uh during the train chase there was a huge uh, cheer which i thought was for the wilhelm scream but it was because oh. the indie <laughs> yes. theme was kicking yes. in but it was like the wilhelm scream and the indie theme and i was cheering for the wilhelm theme and the rest of the, yeah. the, the wilhelm scream and the rest of the, you know mm-hmm. it was an explosion of love it was just that feeling of we love Indiana Jones and we want another Indiana Jones adventure. And we can't believe we're here just having that simple joy of another adventure with, with Indiana Jones, one more ride. Um, And I thought the film delivered on that, but then also just had this great um, depth to it, which we of course uh, get into. So I, I I was lucky that I had a phenomenal experience that, that I Mm -hmm. I, I feared I wouldn't, you know, I laughed, Mm -hmm. I cheered, uh, I cried twice and uh, then also I, I had a whiskey drink during the film that was mostly ice. And then uh, there was a great urgency at the end of the film for me. <laughs> Cause I deeply had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the, the two hours, 34 minutes is, uh, is an investment of time that my, my back and bladder don't want to often make, but got through both, uh, both viewings. Yeah. Yes. I, I made it through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went to a, a, a nearby restaurant and, and had a burger and a martini alone and wrote wrote most of uh, of uh, my thoughts of what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about on my phone because I was just I was so excited to, to dig in and to discuss and to celebrate. Yep, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, then let's dive into that. Uh, what was your overall reaction? My overall reaction is, is three words and I apologize for them because um, they're hopeful, happy words fulfilled. Moved, inspired. You mentioned crying. Um, maybe it is my advancing years, and I'm not that old, but I bawled um, two times. The second, the second time, like the end of the movie kind of gets me. We're going to go to the, the moments, of course, but I'll just say it, specifically the Sala moment. I had that, you know, your jaws quivering and you're crying into your popcorn, like, and I have no problem crying publicly. Uh, I've done it here on Force Center. Done it on the radio. <laughs> I'll cry. I, it, it, there's just I I I really connected with what the story was saying. I I really do believe it is a very deep philosophical movie, deep uh, emotional movie. I really think that more than the other four, uh, and the other four get me a lot too. But but I think and it's it, it might be the perfect intersection of not just the place I'm in in life. We'll get into the themes, but some of the problems I've always had in my life uh, of holding on or 
burying myself in regrets before I even need to, or not that you should mm-hmm. ever, but there's a lot that this movie spoke to me. And, and I know that's not always going to be the case for, for everyone. Uh, even if you like the movie, you really might be like, yeah, no, it was great. Enjoyed it. Cool. A lot of fun. Um, didn't hit me on that level. That's fine. But, but that's my honest experience. And then as a, as a lifelong Indiana Jones fan, um, yeah, it, it hit those notes and it is a fun ride. And yes, it's somewhat of a nostalgia ride, but also this movie's dealing with uh, that mm-hmm. thought and that theme and that uh, nostalgia thing, which is why uh, I left it feeling uh, fulfilled and inspired. And um, we'll dive in from there, of course, but that's, that's both viewings. Sorry to report. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I deeply enjoyed it too. And I was moved and I, I agree with you that I think um, there, there's stuff that's powerful to me personally. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things that's so powerful about it, and we certainly will talk about it with the, the themes is our culture, well, I think it is getting better, is still set up to make you feel past your prime at 26 years old. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I used to have a joke in stand-up that there are three ages in our culture, not as old as you want to be, uh, 25, and might as well be dead. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's changing. I think it's getting better. I think it is worse mm-hmm. for women. Um, I have many thoughts about it, but I have, I have been done harm to myself by thinking uh i'm done and i can't mm-hmm. tell people my age you know mm-hmm. and then i look at a film like this where an 80 year old man <laughs> is knocking it out of the park and still wrestling with you know those themes and yeah i can't lie that 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 journey of of wrestling with one's relationship to time and one's place in it and one one's value and, and when when are you just used up and not a part of the world anymore mm-hmm. um are deeply, deeply uh, affecting to me right now. Um, so my my two uh, cry moments was e- even though at the at the end, even though even though you know you knew the turn was coming, you knew that mm-hmm. someone was there for him. Mm-hmm. But when he's you know waking up back in the present time, which he's not a fan of, mm-hmm. you know, and and I, I can't remember the exact line, but you know Helena has the the setup of like you you're needed here and i think one of harrison ford's finest moments uh, for who mm-hmm. that resonates mm-hmm. that that lie that culture trains us to tell ourselves of i'm i'm past my prime whatever whenever that was who could possibly need what mm-hmm. i am um and and to have that dealt with and turned around and we'll talk about it more but that really really got me mm-hmm. um and then honestly uh, a random moment when when they were having some classic indie fun and on a rope bridge, <laughs> in, in a, a, about to mess up somebody's tomb like they do, uh, yeah. and I just thought, I think my father in law would have liked that this movie, and it, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, grief comes at you, and my father in law recently passed, and it, it, yeah. it hit me, mm-hmm. um, you know, because the film is also about having father figures in your life, so yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm. so very powerful film. I will own the personal things that I wrestle with that make it powerful for me. But I also think on an analytical level, mm-hmm. it isn't just this, this movie sparked to me because of my issues. That's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a part of the art, but I also think from an analytical level, this is an incredibly well-constructed film. Um, mm-hmm. Such a great balance of the old and new. It was both a thrilling adventure movie inspired by pulps and in, in, in Saturday matinees. It, it was a, a, a classic indie movie uh, that hit a lot of the classic indie beats like I want. But then it was also a 
movie set in its own unique time in a really moving reflection on an Indiana Jones who had palpably experienced everything that we've seen him experience and learned the lessons from it. Mm. So it, it, it was both a classic indie movie in this, it, it, it was like, it's like the, you know, indie movies of the past were like sort of a, a, a contemporary wine that was great. And now this is aged wine, mm. you know, and it mm. makes it both the same and, and different. And um, I just thought it had so many great hallmarks of indies adventures from, from really sharp comedy, well-written zingers delivered well by, Mm-hmm. A lot of people, but, you know, Ford and, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge were just, you know, uh, amazing comedy chops. Great set pieces that that mm-hmm. felt fresh, pulpy uh, stuff. But then also all of the the depth of the themes of the previous indie films and, mm-hmm. you know, things we're going to talk about. Lucas's anti-establishment <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, thread. Like, there's so much depth to this film as well as just delivering you know, this picture's got everything. It's got comedy. It's got action. It's got depth. Mm-hmm. I I feel really strongly about uh, how well made this film is. Yeah, I really think it had a lot to say, and it said it in its own own way. And and, and uh, all previous uh, indie films have also had a lot to say. That's why we've had fun breaking them down. I, I think one of the more more layered is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That was why that discussion you and I just had was so fun and robust. And there's a lot uh, that it's saying. And I, I I've been telling friends. Uh, they've been texting me since. I'm like, it's it, it, that movie is an indictment on 1950s America and then the harm that caused, uh, I think. Uh, that's Crystal Skull. And I think this movie um, surpassed that in some layers, but also not raining, I mean, on the surface, but you know what I mean? Just it was wrapped up in such a fun package. Um, mm-hmm. I left out of the theater going, oh, I, I must talk about some of these things, both big and small, that, that were yeah. said in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was exactly what I love in Star Wars and what I love when uh, when comic book storytelling is great is it, it has fun, it has whimsy, it has the fantastic, it has thrills that you can't see in real life and are heightened and not realistic. Um, it, you know, <laughs> uh, Harrison Ford's in great shape, but an 80-year-old ain't surviving half the things that he did. It's heightened, mm-hmm. uh, but it's this great thrill ride uh, that also just has all of this heart and all of this depth if you're if you're willing to embrace it on that level yeah yeah and and i we acknowledge as always everyone's opinions different takes on it um there might be some directorial choices or this and that things discussed and we'll get to it we'll get to it but that's not why i go to the movies and that's not why i want to talk about the movies yeah i, I mean i don't go to the movies just to be uh, disappointed and upset i have plenty of things at home for that <laughs> 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 I have upset and disappointment at home. I'm not paying 25 bucks for it. Um, anyway, uh, that's my grumpy old man moment for the moment for the day. Uh, middle-aged man, not old, damn it. Uh, all right, let's get into this. Let's talk about the ideas at stake in this movie, the big themes. I, I agree with you. I think that there was some like really big picture. The film is quite blatant about these issues and then lots of textures and in, in issues and ideas within. So uh, starting big, where, where do you go for, for the big picture idea of this movie? I go, I go where I've been, uh, you know, what, what I've been yelling in, in bars since I saw this movie. Um, this is a movie of Indiana Jones versus time, which is to me the one artifact that he can't necessarily control or get his hands on or put in a museum or, or, uh, you know, uh, analyze. It, it, it's this big thing that we all face. And, and this isn't a, you know, as I always say, you and I sometimes just point at the screen and go, hey, that's what's there. 
You don't need a shovel to dig deep to find this one. It's in the advertising, as you've said. Mm-hmm. It's in the title. Um, but it's a not a small theme. I don't want anyone to overlook it because whether you're there or not, you're facing it. Like there was the one um, review. Uh, I, I don't even know. The part, I don't want to call them out. I don't, I don't, I don't care to. But that that thing, that headline that went out of, you know, Karen, Karen Allen appears in this movie. It's a cameo and she's almost unrecognizable. And it's just like, there before the grace of God go, you age, age will, will find you. Also, by the way, Karen Allen looks damn amazing and she's wonderful. I'm so happy she's there. She looked wonderful the premiere. So stop with your ageism. But, but it's just like that. It's all it, time's coming for all of us. And along the way, as it pulls you forward, whether you want to or not, it, all those things, those regrets, those pain, the sadness. Um, I saw one tweet about, uh, someone who really enjoyed this film and and they were also like Harrison brought just this real level of sadness to it that was um and these are my words but kind of like haunting you know mm-hmm. uh, and it yes. drove, drove a lot of this for me and a lot of pain and that was very real and 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 hearing um uh you know some some quotes from Mangold and and him and Ford um saying that they felt that and this is from Harrison Ford, like this isn't anything about Crystal Skull. I know there's a lot of conversations about that movie, but hey, that that movie, even though it was set in 1957 and it dealt with an older Harrison Ford, and I think it dealt with him having to redefine himself at this era, uh, that mm-hmm. era of his life, it, 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 it didn't directly deal with the actual him being old as much as maybe they would have wanted Harrison. And I think that's fair from a certain point of view. I don't think it's a negative comment. It's just different time, 2008, different movie and also now we now we have a really really old Harrison right <laughs> it's a different mm-hmm. age, different time and that and that James Mangold said we need to run right at that and otherwise you're gonna get lost in the snark you're gonna get lost in the oh 80 year old guy doing this no he is and we're going to deal with that so Indiana Jones versus time is the the big thesis statement of the themes and then it just spirals out and sprawls out from there <laughs> uh yeah no I I I I really agree with you about how important the the time thing is. Um, and I, I understand where people are coming from. I feel like with Crystal Skull, it's, it's, uh, it's acknowledged, right. And they wanted to acknowledge it. And, and Indy makes a quip at the beginning of the film of, you know, it's not going to be as easy as it used to be. Right. But you watch that film and he, that's a film about a middle-aged man. Yes. Yeah. And he is still doing all the things that mm-hmm. that Indy does, uh, including have the big rock'em sock'em <laughs> knockdown brawl with the uh, uh, the big bruiser, the Pat Roach legacy character. Yeah. And just as one example of how this is this is a film about a man at the end of his life, a truly old man mm-hmm. or, or near the end of his life. There's this great thread of like uh, in, in Dial of Destiny of like. This Indiana Jones is is not going to have a big fist fight with the big bruiser character. Uh, yeah. there, there's that one scene where that the big bruiser punches him, and he's just like out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and when the bruiser's coming at him in the in the um, protest scene, he's trying to figure out how to get out of there because he knows like, yeah, I, I can't do that. It, mm-hmm. In Crystal Skull, it was a little harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now. I can't. So I think even just on a surface level, we are treating him as older than he was in in Crystal Skull. And and I don't think Crystal Skull, Crystal Skull is about a midlife crisis. This is about an end of life journey. Yeah. Um, And, and a a couple of the things in in this sort of uh, Indiana Jones versus time 
uh, uh, theme that you're talking about out of your time that really spoke to me is it's one thing to feel older and feel like I can't quite keep up and I can't quite do the things that I used to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an entirely different thing to feel like I've lived so long, the I don't make sense to the world and the world doesn't make sense to me. I am an anachronism. I am a mm-hmm. living anachronism. And that's part of what he's wrestling with. He's had he's had the loss and, I, you know, mm-hmm. very much huge issues of connection that I want to talk about. But in terms of this time thing, this is one of the things that I think the trailer also plays super fair about. And I was really jazzed about of Indiana Jones is a character who looks to the past for connection and meaning. That's the mm-hmm. true value of of archaeology and artifacts is knowledge, understanding, connection with mm-hmm. the human journey. He digs in the earth and the past for connection. Now everyone around him is obsessed with space and the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there is this layer of, uh, obviously there's a huge amount of of wonderful things about uh, the space race, that Mm. science and discovery that came out of them and and the people who were involved in in great strides and all sorts of things. So I'm not just saying the space race was bad. Mm. Um, But there is also said in 1969 i mean kennedy started this space race because like i need something positive to talk about (laughs) (laughs) like we're we're, i'm gonna make this moon promise because you know and by the time you get to 69 there's a lot of things in the present that are real ugly uh Mm -hmm. vietnam uh, racial tensions generational change rampant political assassinations Mm. and everybody can look up at the moon and look to the future and look away from that the the horror that they're mired in Mm-hmm. And I think that plays a big part in in Indy's journey, which I'm sure we'll talk about of his relationship with the present uh, versus time is such a great way to say it. But I love that he he just he feels like I don't, I don't know what this the HR puff and stuff crap is. On my <laughs> doesn't show uh, nobody believed in in the 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 weird crap supernatural crap that I saw, mm-hmm. and now now the, the now those Beatles kids got songs about it. A magical mystery tour is like <laughs> it's such a great choice hr puff and stuff is weird and magical it's a magical mystery tour we hear space oddity it's Mm -hmm. it's, the world has has changed around him and i think that is there's the depth of the loss of mutt and the 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 disconnection from marion and and all that we'll talk about but there's also that feeling of like and i think it happens to all of us and what gives us gives it power is you know you you try to be understanding you want to be um uh, open to change but then sometimes you just end up in a place where like I, I don't know what you children are talking about and I don't even want to <laughs> it is not of yeah. my time there's nothing wrong with it it's not bad but I just I don't know and I never will <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think he feels that like a wound yeah oh yeah it's a great way to say it an absolute wound uh and how you're describing him looking always looking to the past for for these uh you know, connections and, and, and clearly as this wrestles with, he, he, you know, wants to actually literally just connect there uh, and the power going forward. Uh, um, yeah. I loved old man Indy. I loved, uh, you know, first of all, they obviously paid a, a pretty penny to get the magical mystery tour rights there. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. love that use, love that beginning of, of, of where he starts and how, and how it is Indy uh, at his, kind of his lowest, which is again, another mm-hmm. quote I saw, a lot of quotes from Harrison. I'm just like, yeah, let's take him down to his low, lowest and, 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 and kind of rebuild him for this, this part of his life and the final phase of his life. Yeah, no, 
Absolutely. And, and I think to me, what, what's fascinating about that is there's a, there's some amount of that that I think is natural that I think anyone almost over 25 can, can relate to, right. Mm-hmm. Of you're growing up and, and you know, what is the Abe Simpson quote of, uh, you know, I, I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Yeah. Um, Everybody can can feel that, um, but after a long life like Indy's in this really different moment in, in time, he's feeling that. But all the characters are wrestling with rejecting the present. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the time travel, you know, MacGuffin is this metaphor for, um, for being too stuck in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. Helena is claiming that the, the dial is all... Uh, 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 just a cell, right? But it's about her unresolved relationship with her father. Uh, Voler, you know, the baddie really w- wants to go back in time and make his past right. Um, I love, love the twist that even Archimedes' construction of the dial is just because he has to leave his home and he wants to find a way to save it. He wants to maybe find a way to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything is uh, uh, about we're not entirely comfortable with the present because we still got a big, um, big foot in the past. And and I think that that's one of the other big thoughts of this, this film, this, this theme you brought up really uh, speaks to me is it's sometimes uncomfortable to just accept that we are all, we are all of our time, Mm -hmm. that there's definitely things that we can do to, to make change and advocate for change, but there's some things we can't control. Uh, I don't know about you, Ken, but I don't, I, I couldn't control growing up in the 80s under nuclear threat. Mm-hmm. I couldn't control 9-11 or social media or the O.J. Simpson trial or COVID. Mm-hmm. And they all define my life. The time we're in defines us. Mm-hmm. And that's not always a comfortable thing because there's so much that we can't control. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the movie was kind of getting into that too of that, like that desire to just want to be the main character of your story, which we all are but still accept that there's a lot of stuff you can't change. And, and we all just, we belong in our time and then and, and you can't change it. And we're shaped by things we can't control. Yeah. I put down this, this idea of being able to exist where you are, understanding y- your place. And uh, that, that there, it hits in a few different ways um, for me. And there's this, uh, you mentioned it, but going back to fix mistakes, whether it's literal uh, and Voller's, you know, we're going to go back and fix that. Um, uh, you know, Harrison as Indy, you know, being, um, burdened by these regrets and, and mistakes and, 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 you know, that, that moment of what would you do if you go back in time is just one of my favorite moments in all of Indy of, you know, this or that check in on Cleopatra. No, no. I, I tell my son not to join the army because this happens, then it happens and this and that it's powerful. But even for me, like I mentioned, like the solemn moment. It was, it was, no, I knew he was going to be in the film, right? And, 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 um, was excited to see that. And I did, wasn't expecting much more than what we got. Kind of a one cool mm-hmm. key scene. I loved him showing up at the end. What a powerful use of the character. And, and, um, you know, to hear John Reese Davies say, you know, ah, you know, uh, they, they wanted me to come back for, for Crystal Skull. It wasn't much uh, of a, of a meaty part. I didn't want to do it. That 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 to me just shows an actor who's like, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not asking to co-star. I'm just asking to like, I just don't want to come come in and wave, um, or punch. And so he shows up here and punches and has one of my favorite moments of in all of Indy. Sala believing, dare I say, knowing he could still do it. I brought my passport. 
I love this. I love waking up every day, not knowing what adventure we're going to find. I, I love everything and I can still do it. And Indy knowing that that's not necessarily true and that's not necessarily the point and you're needed where you are. And for him to help Sala accept that, um, but needing to accept himself is just, it, 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 it brought me to tears and in, in a way I wasn't expecting. Right. Um, yeah. And, and on the second viewing more than the first, because first it's like, yeah, what a great moment. But it, 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 Sala's words and the way John Reese davy delivered haunted them, haunted me for about a week until I saw it again. And then I, I immediately started doing the, the quivering jaw when he starts talking. Cause I think that's what it's all about. Being able to exist where you are, but no one uh, you, in your heart, you, you, you don't want to be here or you want to be somewhere else or you think you can still do it. And, and it's the struggle we're all, we all face. Yeah. I still agree with you. Uh, the, the delivery uh, from Sala of, uh, I miss the desert. I miss the ocean of, it is it's it's pining not just for a different place but but for a different time and a different part of his life so it's all that fits into this everybody looking to the past to the point of uh of it becoming a trap in ignoring how they're needed in the present um i i so agree with with you i think it's throughout the film i think it's almost every main character um, and I think it is, it's the, the button that makes this film just sort of devastatingly powerful to me mm-hmm. because Indy does, Indy's a guy who, who <laughs> digs in the earth for ancient artifacts. And even, even the kid on the subway is weird to him. Like your space helmet, wanting to go to, <laughs> wanting to go to the moon, which is dumb space, Reno. there's not even anything there. Like yeah. there's definitely that, like, there's a level of comedy. There's a deep truth to the, the, live so long this world is unfamiliar to me stuff but mm-hmm. the truth is he doesn't want to be in the present because he feels useless he feels mm-hmm. there is no one there for him you know the power of that line of you know why do i need to be in the present why did you take me out of uh, mm-hmm. uh the, this past i could have lived in and could have convinced myself was my heroic last act mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. for who um in that that truth that there are always people who need us in the present and there might be more for us to care about in the present mm. if we allow ourselves to live in the present. It is in some way that, that to me is the button of the movie and, and mm-hmm. a, a really moving idea that I think applies not just to um, 80 year old action adventure archeologists, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but all of us who can, who can pine for the past that, that's natural, but it's a trap because there are people who need us here now. Yeah, and this is, um, I'm not the first to say this about the film. It won't be the last. This film has this theme of, of, of how we all look back and, and what keeps us there, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing of, of, of regret. And, and, and looking back is part of it. And, and having regrets is part of it. Having mistakes and pains. And, uh, all that stuff is natural, you know. Um, but to s- see what what you use that word trap, it becomes a trap. What keeps us there? Um, and it becomes kind of very literal for Indy there at the big, uh, big ending that, uh, according to most critics, took, quote, a big swing. Uh, we'll get into that. But um, that's what, that's the core of it, right? Because it's how we look back. Because you're going to look yeah. back. That's You and I have talked so much about the Star Wars thing, right? Uh, you can't destroy the past. Uh, you can't kill it if you want to. It is there. And it it has defined you. And... You need to, what do you need to change from it? What do you need to grow from it? What do you need to know that's very much you and, and can't be changed? It's all there and it's all in those moments. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it isn't that the past isn't valuable. It's that there's balance needed. Um, and the film plays with it in so many different ways. I really love the twist that when they discover Archimedes tomb and it seems like, oh, this is all real. He he used this dial and he was a traveler in time and space, you know, bopping around everywhere. And then we learn like, no, he stayed in his time. That watch is from Voler. His knowledge of the plane is all from this day uh, was a great, a great twist um, yeah. in, in this tension between like, yep, action adventure in, in, in going off and, and having adventures is great, but there's also this power of staying in the moment in your reality where you're needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, yeah. Sorry, I love that twist no. um, and, and um, ties. And I want to shout out our buddy Alex Damon who put a real fine point on the. Uh, I was watching his his video on this too of uh, 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 Helena with the magic trick, right? The card trick, the illusion of choice. But really, you, you, she's making you. You're always going to choose that. Uh, that's to me was the Archimedes thing too, right? No, you're always meant to see me, and yeah, this is a one way ticket <laughs> kind of back to here. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's so great on so many levels. The 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 setup and the payoff, that's an example of a, just a, to me, in my opinion, a well-written script that we, we saw the fun, uh, you know, it, it's a fixed deck scene. And that just felt like character building for Helena. And it was. Mm-hmm. Then it also had this great payoff of the dial is, is a fixed deck. Um, and, and he always has fun with how exactly are we going to handle the supernatural and the idea mm-hmm. that it, it is not this time machine to go anywhere and everywhere. It's a very clear view of this is, this is a loop and it's always happened this way and it always will. Um, it, it is, is sort of this film's answer to <laughs> they weren't space aliens. <laughs> they were uh, extra dimensional beings. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it just, it fits with all of the themes. It's, it's everybody just wants to go home and stay connected to the yeah. past and you, but you can stay trapped in a loop you know, if you do yeah. that. So, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. You can't fix those mistakes. Yeah. I so agree with you about the Indiana Jones versus time theme. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more as we talk about all these other themes. But, but the other thing I want to talk about is uh, for me, the, the big theme that it, you know, it, it's it, like, it, it's so clear. It's like being uh, punched in the head by Pat Roach. <laughs> it's <laughs> not even beat over the head, just straight up German mechanic, shirtless German mechanic, uh, <laughs> takes a, a, a piece of paper with the theme written on it and hits you in the head. Yeah. Uh, and it, to me, it is this theme that has run throughout the Indiana Jones film and is very appropriate in this film of, you know, the real treasure is connection. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's tied up into this idea of battling time and, and the, the connection is the real treasure and there's still people in your present who need you. So don't leave, live in the past, all that. Um, but just just to kind of put a real fine point on it uh, for anybody who who hasn't taken the time to kind of dive in and review the films, every adventure in the films India's had has led to connection. Mm-hmm. You know, he's excited about going after the Ark. It's like nothing he's gone after before, and he ends up with a reconnection to Marion. Um, he thinks in the the beginning of Temple of Doom that he's going to go after those Shankara stones for fortune and glory. Mm-hmm. And he realizes the the real prize is helping the village and his, you know, ad hoc family of, of Short Round and, and Willie Scott. Uh, Last Crusade, he's never even lying to himself that he's going after the cup. He doesn't. Right. He personally is like, cup, whatever. I got to get my dad. Um, Crystal Skull is uh, discovering he has a son and again, reconnecting with Marion. So it, it's again and again uh, in the films. Mm-hmm. And the other big picture thing that I that I really appreciated 
is uh, I do think this film, without being like, here's a bunch of Easter eggs and nods and references to young Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. it really takes into account the character that is built up in that television show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's information that we know from the films, but we spend time on it in the Indiana Jones, uh, uh, young Indiana Jones adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spend time when we're with, you know, nine, 10 year old Indy with his mom. And we see that connection and we see that love. And we know that he lost his mom at an early age. We know that his father was emotionally distant. Uh, when he becomes, you know, a, a young man, he keeps falling in love real hard and can't hold on to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then you go into the movies in the, in the history there and he, he loses Marion multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his list of, of friends and colleagues are people who've passed on from old age or, uh, betrayal or violent death or broken friendships or madness. Marcus, uh, Mac from Crystal Skull, uh, Basil from this film, Abner Ravenwood. Uh, one assumes uh, Harold Oxley isn't around anymore. Well, you don't know what happened to Short Round. Mm-hmm. Um, if you mm-hmm. really look at Indiana Jones' story, his whole life is a struggle for connection. And I think it's really valuable to look at this film through that filter because he's toward the end of his days. This is, this has been his boss battle for his entire life Mm. to find and keep connection. And he's lost it all again here at the end of his days, which is why I think he feels so like useless of who could possibly need me. So that's where I wanted to start with the, with the connection idea. I got more thoughts, but I, I, I've been holding on to the talking hammer for a while. So (laughs) I want to know what you think about, uh, about the sort of connection setup. That's the start. Oh my gosh, this is only gonna get better folks. No, I love this. Uh, yeah. And and this, this, uh, I almost was going to do this with a want, want, but it's like the, the, the connection here in this movie has a lot to do with Indy connecting with himself. (laughs) Like, Mm, yeah. Which actually goes into one of the things I will talk about uh, later on about what are our stories uh, and who is there to hear them. I think that's uh, one of the big threats in this too. But no, the 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 power of the connection uh, is um, it needs to drive all the films, right? Because because it isn't a story about uh, one man getting uh, fancy stones and putting them in a mu- museum. Uh, it is about what's behind it. It's uh, you talk about uh, Last Crusade of uh, you had brought it up uh, in that review, and I, I just love the moment of, of Indy sitting there. Cross the Coronado, his lifelong obsession uh, in his possession. He's in his room full of everything his career has got him, and he's empty. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. he's not fulfilled. And uh, the here now at the end, he's this his numbers at zero. It seems like he's sitting in that Barca lounger with H and R H R Puff and stuff, uh, and the Beatles blaring, and and he's got in his heart zero connection because he goes to the school. Uh, we're talking about we're going to talk about the teaching scene, but he's retiring. Um, his coworkers like him. He makes the joke about thanks for putting up with me. I got to imagine mm-hmm. there's truth to that. He takes the clock they give him. Here's here's time embodied, and he passes <laughs> it on. I don't want I don't want time. I don't want this reminder of time. And he literally gives it away. So uh, the search for connection. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, it needed to be there. It always has to be. Yeah. There. You know, and I think it really drew out. Indy's always been this sort of like, he's so relatable, so we like him. But he's also, he's also a grump and he's also a little prickly. And he seems to acknowledge that like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I chickened out on, on marrying Marion. Yeah. You know, whatever went wrong in their initial relationship, besides the, you know, kind of troubling age stuff, mm-hmm. um, 
was Indy's fault. There, there doesn't seem to be, be any doubt about it that it was his Indy's fault. Mm-hmm. And I love that you know he's really suffering with with the loss of Mutt and the the separation mm-hmm. from Marion. Marion, but it also seems like mm-hmm. uh, he's wrestling with the fact he's like uh, I, I kind of have been just a big effing grump <laughs> mm-hmm. for a lot of my life, and I drive people away from me. I'm either yeah. grumpy or I'm obsessed with what I'm doing and, and I'm not, I'm not really deeply there for the, the people that, that need me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's driven home so well, the, the beginning that he's got no friends, no colleagues, no students with love you on their eyelids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you got some great thoughts about the depth of that scene, but I also mm-hmm. think it just works really functionally of like, uh, nobody yeah. gives a bleep about, about, you know, old man, Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I think that the film does such a great job of, of laying the groundwork of this has been a lifelong challenge for him to have connection. He, he had it and he's lost it again. Um, and then there's, it, we'll talk about all these great things that, that are from other indie films about, you know, the value of artifacts. Why are you chasing them? Is it power? Is it money? Is it glory? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and about halfway through the film, all the groundwork is laid for Indy's journey about connection, mm-hmm. but it just twists the knife that this is all about connection with the revelation of not only did Mutt die, but he seems to take responsibility that Mutt, it, it, this is another example of to me, great writing of Indy feels responsible. You're like, did he, did you talk him into it? You know, no, he did it to piss me off. Mm-hmm. in one line you see yeah that's the indie we know that's the troubled relationship he'd have with his, his son just like he had with his father and his father had with him mm-hmm. the love you but do bossy and too judgmental of one another and you can see the entire picture and he blames himself for it and then he lost marion because mm-hmm. i i don't i didn't get a chance to write down the exact line but it was beautifully written uh i tried so hard to help her but i discovered there was no end to her grief mm-hmm beautiful and painful. So you've got the knife twist of that. And then you've got that great moment where uh, Helena is young and came up with a clever plan with the dynamite. And she's like, ah, <laughs> and he's just like, you just murdered one of my mm-hmm. few remaining friends. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, it, and then and it, it's this great, you know, um, Indy really owning and living with the lessons he learned in, in the previous films that archeology span and adventure, they're not about, fortune and glory or power or, or money. Um, this is all about connection. And at that point, I think it really comes into focus that, that Helena is, is um, a, a, a new child figure that Indy wasn't around for. She even makes that point of like, Oh, if only there was somebody, what's the word for it? Godfather. <laughs> um, mm. Indy, Indy feels like there's nothing for him. He failed his son. He drove him to a pointless war that got him killed. Mm. Uh, and now here is this young woman who is on the path that Indy was in Raiders. Mm-hmm. The, she, mm-hmm. she is the destructive Belloc like shadow mm-hmm. path that she's that, that she's on. And he, he steps in, he's present for her. And he's like, basically here's all the lessons I learned in four exciting films that you mm-hmm. can, you know, <laughs> uh, stream now on Disney plus rent on um, VHS. Yeah. Go for it. Right. Exactly. Rent on VHS plus. Um, and I think what what's beautiful about that connection and to me, why I was kind of joking at the top of talking about this, about it being really clear 
is he he pushes her to uh, recognize and admit that she's doing this for connection really yes. um yes her relationship with her father uh the relationship with the the kid uh teddy um and i think those i, I think helena's journey i've seen some people criticizing it's repetitive um to me it's the point she is going through journeys that Indy has been on mm-hmm. and he's trying to help her make better decisions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, he, he's got that great line when he's, when he's pushing her to real, to, to admit the truth that this is about connection for her, uh, where he says, uh, no one memorizes seven journals for money, um, making it clear that it's about mm-hmm. her relationship with her father, which is very clearly tied to his relationship with his father in the grail diary. Um, yeah. And then the fact that, yeah, her her meeting Teddy is the same origin story of him meeting Short Round, and you just see the shadow of Short Round of what happened to him and how did Indy let Short Round down? Mm-hmm. Um, and Indy kind of pressing of like, well, I, I bet that kid actually means a lot to you. And to me, there is this like mirror of we we saw him in Temple of Doom ultimately be there for Short Round, mm. um, but we don't know what happened afterwards. <laughs> but he, yeah. but Short Round hasn't been around. Um, and I feel like those connections, those things that that uh, Helena is wrestling with, are similar to Indy, so that he can help her, guide her through this. And then from that point, w- when those switches happen, the rest of the film, everybody's motivation is about saving each other. Mm-hmm. Teddy, Helena, and Indy are clear of like that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. We all need to live through this, and, and we need to rescue one another and be there for one another. It's about connection. Yes. So, well, yeah, I don't, yeah, uh, I don't want to leave the connection party, but it's, it's, it's the same party We're at the other side <laughs> with a different snack. I talking about the, the Helena stuff or Helena, which by the way, uh, there's always question of how to say the names. John Williams said both versions of Helena and Helena in one sentence at the premiere. So <laughs> I'm following how, whatever the mood strikes. Um, it was one of the notes I was going to, I was not able to see it a second time because of, uh, of mm-hmm. life, but that was one of the notes I was going to write down of like, which way did they say it in the damn movie? Helena or Helena? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just say I'm laughing at that. Cause yeah, literally John said that. Um, I, I, it does flow into it, but I, I, I've already, uh, I don't, I don't want to follow the negative path. Um, and, and everyone is right to have uh, questions and critiques. And I think number one, I think it's okay to have questions about any movie. This is something we say a lot around the four center parts Have questions about any movie, sit with it and see where you stand after a second viewing or after a couple of days, I have seen. So one, one, one thing sent my way was uh, Helena has no real purpose in the story. And then I saw another person Whoa. make a, make a, make a, a Wonderful, snide, um, very timely joke about uh, Indy Five. Looks like they took the previous four movies and put it into Chat GPT to write a movie. And and um, I don't respond to those kind of things. So a lot of them are friends, <laughs> but I I always have this thing of like, congratulations, you've got the point. Why are you missing it? Mm-hmm. You're, you're right there with this, especially with her as a character. I think she represents rather intentionally, rather clearly. As, as you've just pointed out, Joseph, all the choices, all the mistakes, and all the paths Indy walked before. And it's about her learning lessons. It's about what you're saying, too, of him. Maybe I've lost my son, but maybe I now is a chance to be something different to her because I messed up that, too. Um, yeah, I love the Grail, grail dial, dial, uh, Diary moment where he's just got to say, yeah, trust me, been there. Um, in yeah. fact, in his apartment in New York, all the paintings are on the wall, right? <laughs> all the, the Grail art is there. Um, oh, yeah, so great. Yeah. So, you know, she wrestles with uh, belief in something bigger or in magic. And that's the great, it's how hard you believe moment. Yes. Fortune and glory. She's got some great humor around that. 
uh, the real value. One of the things you and I think that at the core of Raiders and I think at the core of Last Crusade of what's really, what's all this pursuit uh, for? So family, mm-hmm. family over treasure. The connection with Teddy a la Short Round. And by the way, I would have, you know, Short Round, uh, you know, uh, is, is a character that is beloved and and um, I'd love a mention of him. I don't need it in the films, but I, I'll say this. If, if the renaissance of uh, uh, Kei happened about a year earlier, I think he would have been in this film. Uh, just a, yep. a, a timing issue, unfortunately, which not saying it's even right. But um, but yeah, it, it, it's that thing where you're, you're pointing at the screen going, yes, and what lessons can you learn? Because she's learning these lessons. He's seeing these lessons. He's pointing out. Um, and what a, to me, a great way to, you're, you're wrapping up this franchise, so to speak. To, to go, yeah, here's all the things that have been at stake in the other movie. And they're kind of embodied in this one character that's interacting with Indy. And I think there's a moment where it clicks in for her and she's there to rescue him because of that. And because, Absolutely. Of, and because of the things he's told her. And like you said, everyone at the end, all points lead to um, saving the ones you love. <laughs> that comes up every now and then. Huh? Um, I think, it, yeah, so it's all, all under that connection umbrella. Yeah, absolutely. I love that uh, Helena is is lying to herself about how much Teddy means to her. The same way Indy m- might have about Short Round. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like, well, I, didn't, I, I did, caught him, you know, stealing him now. Now we're, he's kind of, you know, he's helping me out, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that is, you know, what Temple of Doom is about in, in many ways in some of the more powerful scenes. So that's really evocative to just hold the mirror up to Helena and say this is this is who you are really being mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of great stuff with Teddy I love that he he pushes himself to be like I don't really know how to fly a plane mm-hmm. but I'm gonna figure it out so I can help save Indy um mm-hmm. I I think that uh this is one of the things that makes the this theme powerful that we're talking that you're talking about of uh Indiana Jones versus time and do I need to be here for anyone um yep there's the marion connection that he's still that that he there's still hope for for him and marion mm-hmm. but there's also the yeah i kind of dropped the ball on being a godfather mm-hmm. um and and her in just the way that some of who indy is is because his father was not there for him emotionally the way the way henry jones senior should have been mm-hmm. um i think helena is feeling those scars and it is driven towards taking risks you know uh, proving herself, uh, uh, being flippant about this is just for, mm-hmm. this is just money. I'm going to lie to myself about how much I care because she lost her father in a horrible, tragic way and she felt like no one else was around for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's all real, powerful, emotional stuff, which, you know, it, it, as we always say, if, if you just don't connect with the film and it didn't have what you wanted or you see that you get that, but you still don't enjoy it. I got, I got no beef. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got no beef with an opinion, but I do have pretty strong disagreements about critical analysis of the film. That stuff mm-hmm. is laid out in the film and it's the point. And if it doesn't work for you, uh, just fine. But if you're trying to tell me it isn't there or it wasn't executed with, with thought and care, I deeply disagree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and a lot of it represented in, in, in Helena as a character. I think I, I just, yeah, and 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 for her, um, 
Yeah, it, it, it does really align with all of the movies, but I love some of the stuff with, with Raiders and where we find Indian Raiders and just kind of, mm-hmm. Belog, you want to talk to God? Let's go meet him together. That low point of Indy, uh, <laughs> uh, she's there emotionally and away from me, but it's it's just wrapped up and she's a this strong, independent character. There's a great moment. We'll talk about comedy moments later, of course, but just like, oh, you know, you know I turned out pretty much, oh, great. Thank you very much. You weren't around. <laughs> um, I love that comment. But, 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 all that to to say you know, for her to discover it and be there even at the end um i think the lessons are learned so she can save him at the end punch him and bring him back <laughs> and that's yeah no she but, saves him she yeah. saves him physically but more importantly she saves him emotionally mm-hmm. and it it is this great beautiful generational tale of he kind of saves her by by forcing her to forcing her to see who she really is mm-hmm. and, and what really matters to her and what she's really fighting for and then she turns around and does the same for him it is very beautiful to me. even getting on the plane you know in a great action sequence but even get on the plane Ooh. you know it, it ain't to recover the dial no no not at all so yeah I, and you know not for nothing uh we're talking about the depth but to me the the value of the film is is the thrilling adventure and uh, I, she's great. She has amazing comedy chops that that roll naturally from the character, from the perspective, from the situation. They're both, you know, straight across the plate. That's a setup, knockdown joke, but she mm-hmm. still just delivers them with uh, spark and personality. She is a gifted comedian. Mm-hmm. She handled the all the action stuff great, and I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not looking for these films to be the setup of who's going to take the fedora, you know, right, 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 and, right. and, and have, and, and I'm not, you know, pounding on the table for, you know, Helena Shaw sequels or whatever, mm-hmm. but as a, a character in her own right, that is also going through the same trials that Indy did. It, it's great from the depth part, but also just like, she's fun as hell and she's great mm-hmm. in the action scenes and she's a fun character who is her own character. And she did great on all the action and the comedy as well. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, um, and I have not watched Fleabag folks. I know, I know I'm bad. Um, really <laughs> it's real good. You'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as we, you and I've talked a lot here in force center, sometimes when we're so deep in that star Wars bubble, people we've only kind of heard about, uh, come into star Wars and we're like, Oh, who's this? Uh, that was her with solo for me. And, and, uh, I absolutely think uh, I was excited to see her in this, um, liked her contributions as a writer to the last James Bond film with Daniel Craig. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, here, I, I think uh, it was a home run, just like uh, the old New York Giants that Young Indy loved. I think uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> that's great. But uh, yeah, you sorry. Side note: You mentioned we can get back to the deep stuff. Uh, you and I being so we're in the thick of the Young Indiana Jones woods right now. You and I have both kind of been watching, poking back through the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, the, one of the bigger early episodes takes place in. Tangier. So even when in, when Indy's like, I know Tangier. I was like, he does. Everybody who does, <laughs> he does. He's been here many times. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is great. That's really great. Um, so uh, I have a couple other things mm-hmm. that I, I would uh, love to talk about in terms of. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I I don't agree with the snark of hey, but you just put it in chat GPT. I, but I I feel like this is a person at. Toward the end of their life, I keep saying that, but who knows? Maybe he's going to live, uh, you know, until yeah. 110. He's got 30 more years. Yeah. He feels like he's at the end of his life. Yes. Um, and he's looking back and I, I want characters to still be able to make mistakes at any age like he's doing. He's disconnecting. 
Um, yeah. But he's also learned from all these movies and the young Indiana Jones adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it, it's a, appropriate and good. And I want it that there is a reflection of the, the past. So there's some, some looking back at, you know, lessons he's learned that I wanted to talk about, but I also want to be sure to uh, hear other, other themes that you picked up. Yeah. Some of the, uh, God, you make me, I'm scrolling. So I was like, I got to make note of something else I'm going to talk about. Yeah. One of the other uh, big themes here, and it might be on your list as well. I mentioned earlier, I said, what are our stories, both personal and mm. our history and, and who, who is there to hear them? Um, it, the movie starts with that. The, the Nazi soldiers, uh, when they unmask uh, India in 1944, like, what's your story? What's your story? Mm. And, and that's just one of those. Again, it's on the screen. It's said. It's the text. It's like this is that, and this is a uh, this is a film that is is absolutely about looking back. Clearly, so. But from that, and, and this is maybe we get into the one of the cores of that. And, and again, knowing our history and our stories, uh, uh, um, the value of that. I think uh, Indy, uh, as they're as uh, you know, um, as they're flying into the, the the time fissure, and he's like, "Got no drift." He's just ha ha laughing. They're bo- he and Helen are both like, "Hey, you ain't where you think you are." That's just kind of a surface level way to look at it. But um, to me, the Hunter College scene, the classroom scene, which is something that we've seen in indie films before, I think you're absolutely right to point out. It, it has gone from I love you on eyelids uh, to everyone crowded around them because they want them want him to grade his papers, but also it's a popular class in last mm-hmm. year's grade, um, uh, to now where there's no one paying attention to him. And it works on as a comedy level. It works on that surface of like man at a time. But I think that is a scene for me. This is one of the arguments I've made offline to some folks. That is a core scene about him. Really, it's exposition. You're getting some classic indie exposition. But it's like, this is history. Does anyone want to hear this history? And if no one's here to hear these stories, who are we? Who am I? Because I feel as I've, I've, no, I've got no one and no one's listening to me. I'm getting bad retirement gifts. And I'm in a class where I'm like, all right, I'll spoon feed it to you because no one's paying attention. She shows up. Helena shows up. She's got the answers, this and that and that. But it, 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 So she's listening. But I think that's really what's one of the big things here is we're dealing with time and dealing with Indiana Jones versus time is, 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 is uh, just our stories. What is your story? And who's there to hear it? Just shows up so many times during this film for me. Uh, but that that hundred classroom, hundred college classroom scene is 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 one of the building blocks. I I, I really love that, and I, I think that's a, a great um, a, a great insight that that is literally uh, one of the first lines of dialogue of you know what's your story? <laughs> it's your story, man. Um, uh, but I think that really goes to the, uh, an idea that is throughout the films of what is the actual point of archaeology? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the film reviews some of the the classic uh, motivations. Um, mm-hmm. The is it is it power? You know, they, that's another thing to establish early on. The belief that to the victor go the spoils. Yeah, um, yes. is the Nazis are hoarding things and stealing them and empowering them and taking away other people's culture and identity and all the, the horrible Nazi classics. Um, mm-hmm. But that is clearly Voller's whole thing too of. You know, you just got to win. You got to win. You got to win. And everything in the world is another way to win. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, and then you have the, is it, is it for money? Um, mm-hmm. You know, is it just who, who can sell it? Uh, and, you know, Helena trying to sell the dial on the black market. And like it, it the thing itself isn't uh, of any value to, to anybody. It's story isn't 
mm-hmm. of any value. It's meaning isn't of any value. And I think you're right to point that out that in the, in the classroom that that's what in, India has, has, has got by going after things. Mm-hmm. Um, it belongs in a museum, um, you know, not uh, uh, because he is a raider, although, I, you know, we've, we've talked about, and I really understand that the, all of Indiana Jones can have this sort of Western, we find it, we take it, we put it on display that mm-hmm. should be examined and discussed. But I, I feel like the intent of the films is Indy wants uh, artifacts to be shared because they're a connection with the past. Yeah. They're a way to understand what is you're saying, what people's uh, uh, stories are. Um, it's not to be a grave robber, which uh, that's one of the greatest indie threads that doesn't get talked about. He gets accused of being a grave robber in every film, yeah. uh, including this one. Uh, there's a great hell in a joke. And, and fair enough, he, he disturbs quite a few tombs yeah. uh, over <laughs> his adventures, including this one. But he's not, a, he's not a grave robber. It's not for money. It's for power. It's for wanting exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, these are ways that people can connect across time, have true, deep understanding. We're all similar. Um, Indiana Jones is a, a man of uh, the, the 20th century. Uh, quite literally, he made every, almost everybody famous from the 20th century. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Archimedes is a figure of legend, but he's not really legend. He's real. And it turns out he wanted the same thing that Indiana Jones wanted. He wanted the same things that we all want. He yeah. wanted knowledge and connection and understanding. And he didn't want to be forced unfairly from his home and from everything he knew and he loved. And, and that is one of the big themes of all of Indiana Jones is what is the value of an artifact? What is the value of archaeology? Why are we doing this? Um, and I love, I think it's such a great way to encapsulate it is, you know, what's your story? Cause I think it also ties into Indy's relationship with, uh, with Helena. He finds somebody who needs his story who needs the knowledge and experience he has. Yes. Yes. And that's why, and she's up there getting it in a funny scene with the, you know, Vivi kind of showing up in the movie and, and making us laugh, but yes, she's there. She's here and she's listening. She always has, she always has to him. She just hasn't seen him. You know, Wombat hasn't seen him in a long time. Um, <laughs> you and I could, I, I would love to you know, do an hour on Archimedes and the use of that and, 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 and going back in time to that character, we'll, we'll touch upon it. I'm sure. But it's one of the things that I think, and, and in reading some of the notes, there might have been uh, an attempt at one point in one of the scripts or just in the conversation of, well, let, let's go back to uh, 1939 and let's have Indy have that battle to to stop Voler there. But instead, um, the thought was maybe, ah, it's too predictable, but this is a better use of it thematically. Uh, I, I think it's a powerful use. Exactly what you're talking about. Archimedes is looking for the same thing Indy is, is a core building block to Indiana Jones, the character, and specifically the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, where George Lucas says one of my his stated purposes for doing that series is not just education, entertainment, a show, a show for the classroom, which is a lot of the stuff he and Rick McCallum talk about. But there's some great mm-hmm. stuff of George Lucas saying, I want to show the generations coming up that these people that made history are no different than you and that you can make history as well. Know mm-hmm. the history, learn from the history, and you can make it yourself. You can be who you are because they who they were who they are. It, it, George is very, very clear about that's why I want to do it. And what a great, you got this character born in 1899 that can go into one of the most important parts of, 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 of the early uh, uh, 20th century 
where all we are still li- living under the kind of the things that these people did, right? <laughs> they mm-hmm. have the world and you can too. And that's a core thing to the Indiana Jones character and the Indiana Jones just story. So a, a movie that's like, what is your story and who's listening to this hi- history uh, with this archaeologist? Um, I think it was, it's, again, why I say it was an important scene, but also a thread all the way through. Absolutely. And and I think it, it some of my favorite beats in the film is that celebration of Indy's learned wisdom and knowing that's the value of archaeology of artifacts and that knowledge uh, that comes from hearing other people's stories like you're, you're talking about. I love his delight when he figures out the continental drift thing of like, <laughs> it's so great. Classic. I think Indy himself is thinking classic, like the, the villain always misunderstands the nature of the artifact, the nature of power. They think they can bend it to their will then a bad thing happens to their face and or head. <laughs> and Indy's there to go, yeah, damn fool, you misunderstood it on every level, philosophically and factually. You know? Yeah, and that includes gators just chomping your head off. So yes, like, I love that. <laughs> a lot of bad things to faces and heads. Mm-hmm. Um, love love it. Love framing that as a story. Um, I also think that there is, uh, we've touched on a little bit, but I also think there's, uh, to go along with the sort of what is actual value of archaeology of artifacts, why do we do this? There's also that this, you know, what is adventure? What's the value of adventure? And and, uh, this reminds me of Star Wars because we talk about it, it, it's many contrasts. And and one of my favorites is for us as an audience, it's really fun to watch lightsaber fights. And I Mm -hmm. I jeer when Obi-Wan Kenobi cuts Darth Maul in half, you know? Um, and it's called Star Wars and, and the adventure and the excitement is thrilling, but the message is knowledge, connection, peace, pacifism in, in, in a same level of, of depth. Like I love Indiana Jones cause it's a, it's a thrilling roller coaster ride and I want to go on a thrilling roller coaster ride. But then this film also kind of took the time to say, uh, and on, honestly, I think it's been there since, since the beginning of Raiders of, he's not like. I'm going to go prove what a man I am. And like, I guess I'll get dragged behind a truck because I have to. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for him, adventure is sort of like, it's what I have to do, what I care about. It, um, mm-hmm. and, and this film brings it home in, in, in great ways. I, I don't want to stop you, though. No, no, I just love that point because there's always a lot of uh, wonderful think pieces. You and I talked about it on the first podcast, uh, Perilous Podcast, of, hey, what's the appeal of Indy? And he's the everyman and everyone, you kind of think he, he, you can do it too. And I say everyman, I, I kind of, and hopefully mean that in a general sense too. But, but, but what you're talking about is one of the key things about him as well, which is, is um, he'd rather be teaching. We've talked about that before. He thinks he's himself as a professor first, but it is, it is his, I think true understanding of, of power, his place in the world. Uh, he's, he's totally manly in that classic sense and masculine and all those. Oh, kind of yeah. that, that, that's all there, but he doesn't do it to exert his power over people. He doesn't do it to control, to dominate. Uh, let me show you what I can do. He does it because he has to. Uh, mm-hmm. That's exactly one of the things we love about his heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it comes up in really interesting ways about, you know, like we're talking about with Sala's, Sala really wanting adventure. And there's, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with, um, you know, wanting adventure, but, but uh, you know, you don't want to use it to just run away from things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that moment uh, when, in a youthful, understandable way, uh, Helena's patting herself on the back for a clever dynamite move. And she and Teddy mm-hmm. are like, yeah, yeah. And the way Indy just brings it home by like, 
my mm. old friend just got murdered. <laughs> it just mm. brings the party to a stop, you know, mm. to, to say that like, yes, for us, the audience adventure is fun and, and taking emotional risks is, is necessary. Mm. Um, but the literal action adventure, the, the chases, the shooting, the death, that's thrilling for us as an audience. Uh, but for indie, the characters, like that's a really unfortunate side effect of many of the things that I've had happen to me in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, it, and then, and then I think, you know, toward the end of the film, when, when people are taking all of these risks, um, I love how much it's highlighted that it is for connection. Like, like when Teddy flies the plane, uh, <laughs> when the plane owner wakes up, it's such a great weird detail. And, and Teddy has to really convince him. It's like, no, 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 I am not. I'm not, I didn't steal your plane for fortune or glory or money. Yeah. I need to rescue my friends. Like that's a good adventure. I love that moment. That's the character's name is Luigi uh, in the credits. And, and, and uh, if anyone, <laughs> anyone was watching the live stream, we, when Alex Damon popped up, we were trying, no, we didn't, you, you, me and Alex did not want to spoil anything from the movie. And Alex brought up that that's one of his new favorite characters that I was texting him already this morning of, of, I was like, that's mine too. And like he wakes up, what the hell's going on? And he's kind of in, he's like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> let's do that. Okay, kid. Let's do <laughs> Let's rescue your friends from the time travel Nazi plane. Let's do it. And I want a Disney Plus series of just him at a bar for an hour trying to convince his buddies that it, that all happened. That it was real. Yeah, that he experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I think for me, this sort of the, the what is adventure in the kind of the contrast between violent adventure and mm. emotional risk <laughs> yeah. adventure is is another element of the the end that is so satisfying and, and powerful. It, mm. It's a it's a great fake out to the audience, but it's also got great depth that Indy wants to stay in the past because this has been his whole life. Everybody's looking to the moon uh, in, in the future uh, and doesn't care about the the stories of the past anymore. And here he is living it, uh, mm-hmm. you know. But there's also this like. And I'm just going to die of this gunshot wound because I'm not needed anymore yeah. in the present. There's nothing for me in, in, in the present. Just just let me go. Mm-hmm. But he starts to talk himself and us, the audience, into mm-hmm. the idea that it's a heroic choice. One last adventure back in time with Archimedes mm-hmm. and the way it's emphasized by the music coming up. Mm-hmm. And the I mean business hat pull, Indiana Jones isn't done. He's going to set things right mm-hmm. in the ancient world with Archimedes by his side. Uh, and for a second, you're like, even though I think most of us could feel that's not where the movie's going. If you know Marion's in the movie, you know. Right, right. But there's that moment where Indy almost talks us into it's a heroic choice to stay in the past, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and have one last ride. And it's a great contrast it's a great setup for the punch, which is, you know, yeah. hilarious and surprising and reflecting everything uh, Helen has learned. But in that, in that whole final uh, uh, scene back in his uh, apartment, Marion has a, uh, I believe it's Marion who has the line that says, Helena told me you were back. Mm-hmm. And that's not from time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that he's he's reconnected with the world. It's it's the yeah. he's gone on the adventure of the emotional risk mm-hmm. and the contrast between what he was trying to talk himself into by staying in the past versus 
That's the real, I got my hat back, Indy's back moment, mm. is that he made connections, he engaged with the present, he came alive again. Yeah, what a great uh, moment. I know a lot of, it's um, a sniffle moment for a lot of folks, but are you back, Indiana? Like, are you back? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and as far as that moment, too, just uh, how it played, um, I don't know how in your experience, but I could feel, especially in the first viewing, um, which was the premiere viewing, it, I, I felt everyone tighten up in their seat thinking that that I, th- I think it I think it was effective in that moment where he, like you said even though we, we had seen Karen Allen come out and was waving at the audience all that left us and, and I think there was this like uh, they're gonna do it because the music the hat coming on everything about the iconic indie um, mm-hmm. all the things that make him it's the building blocks of the character it, it's there in the moment uh, I, I thought it was effective I, I uh, whether or not it worked for everyone I, I I'm sure it didn't but um uh, yeah, I don't want to say like we all fell for it. I think we all had that, but it's like it was such a, a good use of all the things we know and love um, that we started to question. Oh no, are they going to leave him there? Is that the noble death? Oh no, and even in her mm-hmm. saying, you know, "I'm not here for your no- your idea of a noble death." Loved it. I, I loved it. I think what's what I mean. I didn't. I didn't want it. Um, right. And yeah, not only I. I didn't. I. I. You know. I saw that Karen Allen was at the premiere, so I was like. She's probably in it. And then the, the film is not subtle with the number of uh, photos, uh, mm-hmm. memories that it, it feels like for this character to heal. That is the only place he can go. Um, I, I sometimes talk about uh, stories that uh, that feel like music, where even if you know next to nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> about music, in fact, you don't have to know anything about music. It's intuitive. You can feel it when a note comes home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think stories feel that way sometimes. So I think there's this great, the great tension there to me is, the entire time the, the the film is playing this great song and you can't describe it. You couldn't write it on a chart, but you know, the final notes got to be Marion mm-hmm. for the film to come home and for the musical phrase to resolve. Mm-hmm. But in an, in a different movie, this would have been a kind of heroic, cool end trendy mm-hmm. of the man of the past finds his home in the past. Like, so the fact that it almost works mm-hmm. creates this great tension of like in a different movie, this actually would be a cool send off for Indiana Jones but it's not the right one for this story. So it's discordant. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're saying of him, like trying to convince her, but almost convincing us as an audience, (laughs) just like Mm -hmm. a great way to describe it. Of like, you know what? He's making some points. Um, (laughs) He's making some points. Archimedes seems like a pretty chill dude. Yeah. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to hang out with Archimedes as he has to flee his home under Roman attack. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got one other idea I want to talk about. Uh, what, what's your theme theme chart looking like? I got I got one other idea too, and it, it does kind of spell out a little bit of what you talked about of victory and the ideas of real victory. That that comes up a lot. That word victory, but um, moving beyond that, there's one thing. But yeah, we can we can Rochambeau to put it on the table first. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah, so I think that's a good way to end. So let me talk about the the, yeah. the last thing that I really wanted to talk about and get your thoughts. Um, I don't know that I would call it necessarily a, a huge major theme. It's just a, to me, it was sort of uh, almost an Indiana, Indiana Jones way of like, here is uh, the key that's needed to unlock the uh, ancient language on the, on the map of Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. And it was a really interesting choice. And it is the line about magic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're catching up with Indiana Jones, you know, advanced years, looking back at everything he's experienced and learned. We got some funny lines about, you know, have you ever been forced to drink the blood of the Kali? Kali, yeah, uh, yeah. Tortured by voodoo. Uh, like, I love how much, like, yeah, Temple of Doom, that stuff really bothers me, you know. It's mm. not, um, mm. But there's a, there's a real 
there's always been kind of a question and attention in Indiana Jones of how exactly does he make sense of all of this? Because he seems to experience things. I mean, that was always one of the critiques of uh, of Temple of Doom being a prequel of like mm-hmm. he saw a bunch of magic stuff and then he doesn't seem to believe it, uh, you know, a year later in Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a valid criticism in the mid 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As it goes on, I think it's like he's wrestling with what he wants to believe and how he can make sense of of, of the story of what he's seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's going on for him as a character. It's it's been a part of the conversation in pop culture about Indiana Jones. It, and it's put under a magnifying glass by Voler, this, you know, man of of science on this constant refrain of uh the dial is mathematics. It's mm-hmm. science. It's numbers. It's it's going to it's going to reveal where this naturally occurring fissure mm-hmm. is. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a time machine itself it, it just points mm-hmm. mathematically to a naturally occurring phenomenon and, and the naturally occurring phenomenon is heightened and fantastic and in yeah. magical to us but the film spends a lot of time with voler again and again going um it's it's mathematics mm-hmm. uh and then you know indy gets to that that line that's in the trailer about it's not what you believe but how much you believe it and we kind of finally get an answer for how Indy has squared everything that he's seen mm-hmm. with being kind of a, a, a rational, yeah, I've learned that history, but I can't quite fully connect with it until I dig it up and prove it. I, I always go to his line from Raiders. I had it in my hand, Marcus. Like, mm-hmm. now it's real. Now I understand it. And he encounters the supernatural. And I, I think as a, I think that's the biggest swing of the film. Not time travel. Time travel seems obvious. <laughs> right. Uh, from Dial of Destiny, like we had extra dimensional, uh, you know, not aliens, extra dimensional beings. Where we where where are we going to go next? Mm-hmm. The big swing to me is saying there's some stuff up in the air in the Indiana Jones films, and I want to speak respectfully because I know a lot of people have different beliefs and a lot of people have strong opinions about what Indiana Jones has to say about religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to respect that, but I'm just going to offer my take that I think that line and I think that perspective is kind of this code to the rest of, of Indiana Jones of saying the, the whole adventure of Indiana Jones is not validating or denying any belief or any religion. Mm-hmm. It is imagining a heightened world of fantasy where impossible, fantastic things are, are possible. But from what Indy's seen, what he believes is they're only going to be activated by deep, deep belief of humans, mm-hmm. which I think tracks with everything that we've seen in, in Indiana Jones. Uh, Belloc and the Nazis believe in the destructive power of the Ark, and they get it <laughs> yeah. in, in the face. Belloc wants to talk to God, and he, has a, he gets a short, powerful response. <laughs> um, Indy triumphs in Temple of Doom by allowing himself to believe in the true purpose of the Shankara stones. Mm. He was told that therefore that Shiva gave them power for defense and protection. The people in the village believe in that power. And when the stones are gone, everything falls apart. Famine, horror, uh, kidnapped children. Uh, in Indy, this non-believer b- puts his belief into him and, and the stones burn uh, Molaram mm. uh, when, he, when he believes in their true purpose. Uh, in the last crusade, Indy needs that. He needs that cup to do what it says to give the give life to his dying father. Um, Spalco in Crystal Skull, you know, believes that that 
Mm-hmm. That she she that she deserves all that knowledge and she gets it. Uh, Vullard needs that dial to, to bring the- him to a war, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he gets it. He gets brought to a war. The wrong one. So it's usually the villains putting deep, deep, deep belief in misunderstanding the nature of it. But we've also seen Indy believe in the the beautiful and the life giving power of things. And it's always when the characters got it in their hand and they're yelling at it to do the impossible thing I know you can do, Mm. which I think is really beautiful because it it becomes this heightened metaphor for uh, how we interact with objects in in real life. And it has Mm. implications in archaeology and what's our story and how does it survive? Like we give objects power, everything from actual holy relics um, to, you know, a ticket stub to a concert. Mm. I mean, Mm -hmm. the world has invested imbued an old Beatles ticket with power, but you know, a a ticket stub to a, a a bad movie. That was your first date with your life partner. You imbued that with meaning. Mm. You did that And the meaning is real and the power is real, but you put it into this object. And I think it it makes it a a metaphor for, for the value of, of archeology. span Well, also in my opinion, not again, not validating or denying any religious belief mm-hmm. or, or supernatural belief right. or belief in crystal skulls. It, it, it's, I love it because it, it's kind of an open-ended framing, but it makes so much sense from Indy's perspective. Uh, no, I love, I, I love what you're saying here and I'm, I'm unpacking it as you, as you go here of, of, uh, cause it's, it's one of those fun questions. It's a snarky question. It can be used against the movies sometimes. Um, but I really think it tracks, uh, for, 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 for him. I love, Voller at one point is actually in the beginning, right? It's like, it, it, it has no power. <laughs> no, it's a math, it's mathematics. I, I, I love all that stuff. Uh, this is a character again, uh, that was, um, you know, uh, Tolstoy tells him to, 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 to look on, at God with your own eyes, not through spectacles borrowed by the church. And, and, and I mm. think that does, um, affect Indy, uh, all the way who, who has all these perspectives and learns from so many different cultures as he travels around the world and takes it in, and um, then this fantastic stuff starts happening, which, by the way, I, you know, I think Temple of Doom might have been in 1935, could have been in terms of canon indie stories, the first time something absolutely bonkers happens to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty bonkers. Pretty bonkers. <laughs> and did I experience that? You know, did I see that? What is that? This isn't the same connection, folks. But, you know, as you see something weird in the sky, what is that? Did I just see an alien or a helicopter? I don't know. And we all come to have to wrestle with it. What what power are you going to give to that? How much you believe? So that makes sense that coming along 1936. Yeah, I've heard these bedtime stories before. Um, and then it just grows from there to, to he is sitting as a flying saucer takes off, but he's still, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's fascinating to see his relationship with it, but this makes it so personal to me, what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Same thing, you know, it's the the Holy Grail and a, and a very old knight sitting there talking about big swings, um, is fantastical, but the, the three trials to get there aren't. It's just about what you know, your knowledge, how much you believe, how much you've learned. Uh, you, you know, pen and demand shall pass, as we talked about in our review. Is it's not some magical spirit coming to chop your head off. It is blades, duck, um, <laughs> and it's real. It's a forced perspective painting. Yeah, yes, it's real until you get to the fantastic thing. So uh, it's 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 to be wrestled with, and it has always been wrestled with, Blaine. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I love that that's the way he has made sense of it uh, yeah, for himself sense. because yeah. it, it it's a way to like to to okay those things were were real 
but but th- they didn't just kind of happen. They happened because we interacted with these objects, with these stories. We made them. Uh, we unleashed their power. Maybe that power is inherent, but it's not mm-hmm. being unlocked without us taking action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so definitely want to spend some time on the controversial topic of magic. What's your what's your uh, uh, take us home on the theme? Uh, you are, yeah. Controversial stuff here. Uh, Nazis. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that 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 just, you know, uh, hey, Nazi Nazis and Indy's big villain. And, and by the way, I love the use of, of uh, the Cold War as a backdrop and in, in, in Crystal Skull. That made more sense. But this is a, a fascinating look uh, at um real part of our history with Voller being taken from, uh, uh, you know, uh, Werner von Braun, uh, um, Operation, uh, what is it, Operation uh, Paperclip, um, and all that stuff. Um, and how there's, at play is this idea, it's a very, unfortunately, modern tale, but it's also as old as time. Uh, uh, and this is even something from Mangold, of, of, of this wonderful, t- I enjoyed it, 25-minute opening sequence. Um, mm-hmm. Does play against what Indy then experiences in 69. It's the clear-cut bad guys capital b capital g of 1944 and the shadows uh, uh those gray areas of 1969 where you have you know indy's on a on a on a bus or a subway and there's a kid in, in, in a space suit and, and indy's like yeah you know who you know how they got there you know how we're going up there with someone i i, I defeated right you know like mm-hmm. struggling with that uh then you got boyd holbrook's uh, uh character Kleber, uh you know, sorry, direct. He's a gun-toting white American male studying to be a Nazi, wanting to be a Nazi. You have uh, Voller's idea. The great, there's so much stuff with Voller, but there, 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 there's the great sequence with the the, the waiter about are, are you enjoying your victory, uh, which is one of those, oh, bleep, think about that. But then there's him going, finally, Indiana, yesterday belongs to us. And, mm. and, and, and all this uh, in an era, 1969, where the, the, the war's over, but some of those ideals still exist. Um, the the shades of gray are emerging. Think about the world at this time. Think about where the world's going to uh, uh, soon with Nixon, Watergate, all those things. The Vietnam War. You're talking about. You know, we're coming out of the the, the, the summers of '67 and '68, um, uh, where where the civil unrest is 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 historic and important, mm-hmm. and all that's there. And it's not clear. And so you have Indy from this era. Of, of, of 1944, where it seemed to be pretty clear, you punch Nazis. Uh, and now we're working with one, which is a real life struggle, <laughs> a real life. Mm-hmm. Look at the, 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 the history of, of how we got to, to the moon. I totally get it. Um, I, I just thought it was a fascinating in a movie that is in, in a series that has been, I think, political, but never overtly political. Um, mm-hmm. Which is okay. I, 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 I want to engage with the pulp too. But this movie had just some things, of, uh, especially Bold Hol- Hol- Boyd Holbrook's character. Uh, and you have uh, the character of, of, of uh, Mason, uh, which mm-hmm. uh, um, Shanet Renee Wilson is, is the US government agent who she's not being listened to. Uh, she's mm-hmm. old and uh, has a great line <laughs> uh, uh, to uh, him um, before it happens. Um, I thought it was all, it's, it's, it's unfortunately too timely for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think some of that might've been, I don't want to say some of it might've been lost. I think people get it too, but I think it's, uh, I really appreciated the, the movie presenting it and wrestling with it and saying that the, the battle is still there, but also beyond it, just this, this stuff we talk about in star Wars, 
uh, uh, of light side builds, dark side destroys. What's the, sa- the same thing of, of, of holding on to yesterday, holding on, trying to be like the past and, 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 and trying to rewrite it and to get this victory. Hitler started a fire that would have burned a thousand years, is what Voller says and claims. Uh, but he, he lost it. So I'm going to go fix that. And, and, and it's all there. And it's, and it's that base level stuff. Um, uh, that works for me and when it comes to political stuff of, of forget all the policies this and that what's at the core of it what is, mm-hmm. the, what is at the core of it and, and i think we saw it on display in this film in a, in a, I don't say a wonderful way but in a needed way i i really agree with you about um i, I think there's a, a more of a, a thread of um political questioning uh particularly with the nazis i think uh it's so appropriate for Indiana Jones and him fighting for, you know, who's going to remember the stories? Who's going to remember the lessons we already learned if we don't pay attention to the past and these artifacts that connect us to the people who learned these lessons? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I think we're wrestling with that in, in real life. Um, I, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the on the podcast, but when I was in the 80s, mm-hmm. when I was in fourth grade and we were still much closer to World War II, mm-hmm. uh, my grandfather had fought in it and it broke him i didn't know this yet because my i just knew grandpa wasn't right and i hadn't yet been told like yeah the war destroyed him um and he was never the same afterwards so you know people of our generation were closer to it and um you know kids didn't know what they're doing they're messing around and somebody scrawled a swastika uh, on on the wall at at playground is just sort of like a i'm experimenting with you know naughty symbols you're not supposed to to put anywhere Right, right 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 um and and uh, the teacher who was normally the softest, gentlest guy ever came in red in the face, furious and said, stop everything. He drew this swastika on the wall and he's like, do you know what this is? Do you really know what this is? Mm. And he went into like graphic detail about what was truly believed by the Nazis, what was truly done by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And that was like something I experienced where it was like, okay, we're still, we're still that connected to the story. Mm-hmm. And I think, part of what is is happening now and what this film is wrestling with is we're getting farther and farther from the people who lived the story. Mm-hmm. And we, um, it, it, through, through, through no, uh, you know, uh, negative intentions, I think positive intentions, the Nazis were so self-serious that one of the ways that we attack them is to turn them into a joke. Mm-hmm. But now they've been a joke for so long in a cartoon bad guy. And if you need a bad guy who is unquestionably a bad guy so the hero can... <laughs> punch them blow them up you know if you want no question that the bad guy's a bad guy make them a nazi mm-hmm. but we've lived with that now so they can almost seem cartoonish and disconnected from the utter reality of the the horror of who they were and what they did and i think with, without um stopping this from being a fun thrill ride there are little jabs mm-hmm. to let's let's remember who they really were there's the the jab in, in the beginning when uh, you know, Indy's being sarcastic about, you know, tell us how you got here. Like, well, a bunch of blue eyed <laughs> boys decided to follow this, you know, mm-hmm. bastard. I can't remember the exact line, but mm-hmm. bringing it, bringing it home to the, uh, you know, master race beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 we've got Voler asking pointedly where the black waiter is from mm-hmm. toying with him insultingly because America has given him this power, mm-hmm. uh, that he's in this higher social standing and can say these torturous, awful things to this person. Um, so I think there are those little jabs that are trying to remind us exactly what the Nazis believed, how bad they were, 
and you know the the possibility that we Voler's not entirely wrong. Hitler made some, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. real bad strategic choices. And that line hit hard of you didn't win, Hitler lost. Mm-hmm. That motivation and, and that, you know, twist of of what kind of Nazi wants to kill the Fuhrer. Well, one who wants to win World War II because mm-hmm. he made dumb choices. Uh, and the horror of that reality of that they could have won. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry for going on for a while, but you really um, no, it's it's important. It really made me feel how powerful it is, yeah, uh, and, and and how disconnected from the story we've become. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, there, there's there's interesting ways to to you know uh, approach it in, in Spielberg um, from 1941 to Raiders to to this, and then and and then you know Schindler's List, but then I've one I've always enjoyed his his choice of uh, saving Private Ryan. You don't uh, see the Nazis. He does not want to give you one uh, second of their perspective. A um, mm-hmm. uh, choice he made, and so I think it's important. And I think, and it, without sounding like old man Indian in class, um, I was again doing a lot. But it, I apologize, everyone. Completely lost in the young Indiana Jones Chronicles woods for research and, uh, as well as enjoyment of of George saying. Uh, I needed to remind people that like, I, I've talked to folks that like, this is 92, like, you know, uh, they thought we fought with the Germans in World War One, uh, or this, that, and just basic not understanding of it all. And then there's part of what, the, part of the actual, uh, uh, a lot of things that drive social change in the last couple of years, I think are, are um, when the layers of, of, of history are peeled back to, to, to actually see what's gone on, to actually study what's gone on. Uh, it, it, it's important. It's important to learn uh, all those things, and I, and I think this movie. I just, I just, like I said, I thought it was needed, and they did it in a wonderful, wonderful way. I thought Be, because you're still here having fun, and it's classic indie, this and that. But um, Holbrook's character, Kleber, is, is is a scary character. He's sitting there. Mm-hmm. He's an he's 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 an American down to down to the very look, right? And he's there. Um, studying uh, uh, how to speak German and it's not because he's traveling, you know, and, and I just think mm-hmm. little pieces like that are all through the movie and I don't want that missed. No, I, I really agree. And I, I think that uh, it's great and powerful that the, that the movie has its fun with defeating Nazis, punching Nazis, but also reminding us why uh, they're not just cartoon villains. They're not stock characters. They were real. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that we haven't talked a lot about the uh, the opening chunk and you know, we can talk about the CGI of it and all that. But in terms of the idea of it, I think I, I love what you're saying about like this was this was back in a day uh, when Indy, it, it, it was Indy knew what he what he believed, what, what the West allegedly stood for mm-hmm. and what the Nazis were actually doing. And it was clear cut. Um, and and that that first adventure is, is uh it gives us a bunch of backstory it gives us emotional connection uh to uh to uh basil which is really needed and, and really important um but it's also like indy back when he was of his time and the world made sense and he could still have adventure and you know so there, there's all that but without drawing uh too fine a point on it um world war ii was in my opinion and from indy's view an existential threat to humanity. And that's the war Indy fought. Mm-hmm. And his son died in Vietnam, mm-hmm. which uh, is uh, largely considered mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a pretty pointless war, mm-hmm. um, especially for the amount of just carnage. And uh, and 
I think drawing that that contrast is yet another way to say uh, to wrestle with 1969, to wrestle with the horror of how Mutt was lost, mm-hmm. but also just without putting putting it to words, I left the theater thinking that of. Mm-hmm the contrast between other conflicts that America has made the decision to engage in um, versus Hitler needed to be stopped mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, the power of that and the power that so many ideas that uh, Nazi Germany uh, espoused seems to be uh, gaining steam, you know, and those of us who remember the story, those of us who want to know the history, uh, it, it, it's shocking that, that we're having to face this again, that why, why can't the world remember that story? Remember who they really were and what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking is a good way to describe. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think uh, a great, a great theme to pull out. Uh, if, if, a, if a little bit of a heavy one, <laughs> <laughs> I should have started with that. So it can end with some fun, but we're going to have some fun talking about action and comedy. <laughs> yes, we are. And we're going to ha- uh, have a fun uh, 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 question to wrap up here at the end. But also, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get into action and comedy. But we always like to uh, touch base on the actual ti- title of the film. Uh, do you feel like there are multiple layers to Dial of Destiny? Or is it just, hey, yeah, that's the name of the thing that we're after? I, I, I Look, here's the thing about the titles. I think they all work in that. Yeah, hey, this is a t- tale about a Dial of Destiny and the character's destiny. So I think it, it absolutely works. Uh, uh, works for me i think there's something that i could pull out about a dial turns and moves and you got to find the right setting to find that uh, answer about your destiny so i'll go with that but also i want to say i absolutely love this title i loved it from the moment it came out um where i can't admit i did kingdom of the crystal skull was there was also an era of my life where i was ready to pick apart things and have my arms folded um but in the end King, kingdom of the crystal skull is a, a solid title for me but this is uh this is right what it needed to be right where it needed to be and right what it uh uh needed to sound like indiana jones and dial destiny is one of my favorite titles yeah i, I love it because I, I think uh there's this struggle where uh, a lot of these uh properties we love like star wars and indiana jones are you know connected to uh to pulp and uh lucas loved uh just embracing it temple of doom <laughs> you know mm-hmm. the empire strikes back uh the phantom menace attack of the clones um in dial of destiny is like it still evokes that without being you know too much uh for modern audiences so i think mm-hmm. it's a great title in that respect and i also just i i love that it's like dial of destiny probably time travel where will they go they mm-hmm. will learn to stay in the present <laughs> yes. that's their destiny it, the the title raises a question and then the the film answers what its idea about destiny is mm-hmm. being present in the time you're in yeah yeah i agree all right, great. That's just the first half of the podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. I think it'd yeah. probably, be, probably be the longer half. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about uh, a lot of the fun moments, the action, the comedy, uh, anything that we struggled with, back in a moment for all that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And we are back to continue our discussion of Dial of Destiny. We're going to talk some favorite action moments. Uh, Ken, I was only able to see the film once. Mm -hmm. I I went and had a burger and martini and wrote down those thoughts. And and I didn't think I was going to have that many action and comedy moments that uh, I remembered. Uh, But I was wrong. How long are are your lists of action and comedy moments? I mean... I guess they're okay, but I, I got to say, cause for a movie that I, I think had so much action, and and one of the notes I saw Spielberg gave um, Mangold before he did this was, remember the movie is just one long movie trailer, so keep it going, <laughs> like keep, never stop moving. And I think this hits that uh, that, and I think it's very funny. I had trouble remembering, and I've seen it twice, but I did write down some things. It's so weird how that happens, right? And I and I should have maybe made my notes last night when I got out of the theater, but I was I was. Uh, uh, you know, went on and experienced some life, but you know, don't always be working kids. Uh, but this morning I was like, <laughs> what made me laugh? Uh, I can't remember anything. I just remember laughing off the, of the movie, but I do have some answers. It's a fun journey to get there. Yeah, me too. I've got um, eight, eight or nine, both action moments and comedy moments uh, that really stuck out to me. Cause yeah, I think with all of the depth of themes we talked about, this is such a, a thrilling, funny adventure. Uh, so let's talk action moments. What are some of your faves? So we, our chance to talk about the opening uh, sequence, uh, which does run uh, yeah. about 25 minutes, um, uses the de-aging. Um, I, yeah, I guess we just, maybe we should talk about that. I, 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 
I had no problems with this one. I do agree that uh, at times, you know, old uh, old Harrison's voice was more dominant than Indy in that time period, but it doesn't trip me up at all. Um, but I thought it was more than just showing, hey, we can do this with the technology. I, mm. I do believe there was some big thematic purpose that we just discussed. The stuff at the end, the bad guys of 44 versus the shadows of 69. It's why the sequence was there uh, more than just, hey, here's so they got the the, the dial. Um, so I, 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 you talk about big swings. I, I, I think it was, a, it was a, a moderate swing and it, and it paid off for me. Yeah, I really agree. I, I also think like, like I mentioned, like the Indian, many of his adventures has had some old college chum that we don't really have a relationship with right. that motivates him. And I think it was a really smart move, uh, um, among all of the thematic reasons of, mm-hmm. of showing us who the villains were showing in India in his prime, having an adventure. I love that the, se- the sequence almost ends like this could have been the end of a different Indiana Jones movie. Totally. Like the end beat of it. Um, but also it's it's to build that emotion, emotional relationship so we care uh, about Basil mm-hmm. uh, and his loss and therefore Helena and all that. Um, for me, the CGI of it was is, is a mixed bag. I, f- mm-hmm. I feel about it the way I feel like about a lot of the CGI stuff is uh, Indy mostly looked great. There were you know, scenes and frames where it's like, okay, this looks fantastic and therefore a little scary. And then suddenly his head would go a little weird and like, is that the right relationship to a head and a neck for like just a frame mm-hmm. in, in, enough that it stayed still in the uncanny Valley. And, you know, the voice sounded great when it was higher pitched and, and Indy was doing his classic, just yelling at his companion, <laughs> keep <Yeah>. moving. <laughs> yeah. Then it sounded great. But the, the, the low grumbly stuff, even though the, the dialogue was uh, fantastic, you know, it, mm-hmm. it really, it, it, yeah, it sounded like old Harrison Ford mm-hmm. voicing, you know, young, younger Indiana Jones. So m- mixed bag for me in terms of the actual technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just sort of embrace it of like the, the, this is, this is when the movie is being made. These are the things that people are experimenting with. And I enjoy the sequence despite saying like, yeah, I, not all of it works for me. See the, the mm-hmm. technology of it. And maybe I'm not even, maybe I don't even think this is the, you know, the greatest route that we should be taking with filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I set that aside and try to enjoy why it's there and what's there. And it, it, for the point of our, our action moments conversation, there's some great action. Yeah, yeah. And there's a large discussion about that. I'm with you on that of, of uh, it works for me sometimes and just just the use of it, not even how it looks, but the use of it works for me sometimes when I think it hits and other times uh, I think it, it doesn't. Um, and, you know, there's also time with the, the VFX crunch and, and the issues with that uh, on the labor side. There's a lot of bigger things discussion. I just, as always, we want to acknowledge it. But then when I'm sitting there in the, in the theater and I'm swept up in the moment, I, I think this 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 opening, um, I don't, we, we don't love to rank as, as an actual like competitive sport around here. But, <laughs> but Club Obi-Wan and then this is where I'm going right now. Hot wow. Hot off the press. All right. I did just see it last night. Had a handful of popcorn and some chicken tender. So maybe I'm riding that high, but I really enjoyed this opening scene. I thought it was great. And it was that classic sort of uh, the serial adventure. How there's kind of a cliffhanger every few moments of how's he going to get out of Mm -hmm. this one. Um, I loved the, the, the noose dilemma I wrote down is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. things. Like Mm -hmm. the, Oh, I'm Oh, I, I, I need to be saved from being <laughs> uh, hanged and shot. Oh, good, a bomb. Oh, wait, a bomb. Oh, good, the bomb fell. Oh, wait, I'm still attached to a noose. <laughs> like, 
that's the classic indie uh, out of the frying pan into the fire serial adventure action that I like. And that's before you even get on a train and the train stuff was phenomenal. Yeah. 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 And, and breaking it down, like I said, in individual moments, there's so many, so many beats and again, 25 minutes, you know, and, and again, this movie was long because my back will tell me it's long, but the second viewing, I didn't feel the length. It just was like it, everything moved smoothly and started with the series. Nice, nice. Yeah, for, for the train in particular, I think you mentioned it on our stream. The uh, that the uh, the gun going wild uh, mm-hmm. and shooting back on the train was great. I also just loved it that the whole thing was like we're here trying to you know uh, rescue uh, artifacts from raiders, mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of this victorious moment that the allies are sweeping in it's all over which is another reason for this to to mm-hmm. to you know so we can feel voler's fury that they lost mm-hmm. um but i love that uh that a lot of what they have to avoid is friendly fire and that's eventually what takes the train out yes yeah no and that seek that that uh that anti-aircraft uh uh sequence that's just the sound design behind it yeah is one of my favorite things yeah so whole yeah that whole thing Fabulous. Loved it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, from there, I'll jump into, uh, I was going to say the present, but 1969. Yeah. It's in the trailer. It's one of the things that excited me in the trailer. It's one of the things that got me excited for. This movie could be called Indiana Jones, a, a human out of time. Um, a horse in the subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so classic. It tied him to sort of his, you know, uh, uh He's got pulp roots, but he also got, there's a lot of Western in, in, in Indiana Jones, particularly mm-hmm. in uh, The Last Crusade. Uh, I, just, I love I loved the horse in the subway and having to drive, talk about friendly fire <laughs> be hit yeah. by a subway. I, I thought that was phenomenal. No, it worked for me. And yeah, I, I think uh, on the second view, and I had kind of a little chuckle to myself, but just, yeah, him mounting that uh, that horse and racing through, and it's like I flashback to Raiders, right? Of just like mm-hmm. that uh, that's uh, that seemed kind of normal. Yes, thirty six were a few years into a few decades into cars and tanks. I get that, but it just seemed like oh man, on a horse in nineteen thirty six in the desert, that doesn't seem out of place. This one just just driving that point home. Uh, I enjoyed it, even though yeah, it was in the trailer, so sometimes you can see it coming, but um, it still worked for me. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Um, I also in, in that in that general whole uh, initial chase sequence, I really like that moment where Indy uh, blends in with the protest, which is much more <laughs> where he's at rather than the parade for the astronauts. Yeah. So that was another great layer of let's remind people what '69 was, what was going mm-hmm. on. Uh, you can infer Indy's feelings about the dumb war that took his son. Uh, and I loved him trying to <laughs> hit the big bruiser with the protest sign. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy is. Uh, he was. He was at the premiere, obviously. And I, I, I've, I've been in pro wrestling. I've seen big humans. I don't know if I've ever seen one as big as him. <laughs> really? <laughs> this is coming from a Game of Thrones fan. Yeah, I, yeah. If I had met, uh, yeah, if I met, uh, what's his name, Magnus? Uh, you know, at the height of his, he, he's he slimmed down a lot. At height, at the height of his mountain, uh, I think that would have been the biggest one I've ever seen. But th- this, uh, this chap is, uh, he's large. <laughs> 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 Uh, translated well on film. Uh, what are some other action moments for you? Um, going to, oh, I, so, uh, yeah, yeah guy's funny. I almost kind of overlooked the horse one. There's a lot of fun stuff in there too, but jumping a little bit a, a, ahead to, uh, was Hint Tangier and the uh, Antiquities Auction and Escape, uh, it leads mm-hmm. into the cart chase, in car chase, which is almost a separate sequence, but just getting out of there. Um, some of it was from the trailer. 
classic indie vibes, classic indie comedy moments, but I love the tension of it. Even the, the, the auction sequence itself was this form of action. Uh, Teddy uh, taking the dial of all or taking it from him, had some comedy to it, but also um, uh, Mads all the way through, just always got a, this icy cold calm character loved all that. Mm-hmm. Just even getting to the, the cart and car chase was, was fun for me. Yeah. And I, I love seeing the, you know, the whip in full action was, mm-hmm. was absolutely great in in a great uh, comedy moment. Um, and if, if I'd have been able to see the film again, I'd probably have like more specific beats. Sure. Uh, I, I liked how, how I liked the classic, um, changing vehicles mid chase yes. yeah. uh, that any does. But what I, 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 the moments that I remembered really loving is uh, Helena on the hood of the car, um, not willing to let go of the bag. Not only was it like it was action and adventure and it was her doing the kinds of just bonkers thing that Indy physically can't do anymore, but used to do back in the day. Right. Right. Um, and it's also that obsession, uh, you know, what a way to, to drive home, uh, the moments where Indy's been like, I'm not letting go no matter what, uh, the way his father was about his, the grail or Basil was about the dial. That she's just not the, I'll roll out of the way of gunfire or whatever. And, uh, you know, all, all these different vehicles, all these things coming together and in the center, this one woman who won't let go was just like a really great tell the story in action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good, good uh, point to say that, you know, they don't, they didn't need him to do that right he couldn't necessarily wasn't realistic so having um, other characters step in and, and and work so well i love that he rips off her sleeves takes apart the card as it's going loved it yeah uh, yeah and he's got some great moments he opens that door and slams oh. it into a guy i gotta see the movie again yep 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 yeah um another one for me jumping ahead a little bit is uh i i, I wanted to see how much just kind of like the the creepier side of uh, of pulp uh that it, this film would have because the indie the indie movies kind of fluctuate on that. I love the shot of the eels bursting out of the skeleton underwater. Oh yeah, yeah, um, good sequence too. Uh, I saw it with uh, Grace last night, and uh, she loved the film, but uh, had to close her eyes. She she's got some uh, water issues, as as a lot of people do and should maybe. <laughs> I think uh, I don't go into any water I can't see the bottom of. Uh, so uh, <laughs> was, uh, yeah, yeah, little little bit, uh, and I love that shot. It it's still it kind of it, it's, it's scary. It's scary. it's scary and it's yeah. upsetting. It's yeah. great. It's the, Hey, remember this is the series that helped create PG 13. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I also really appreciated like for, for a big action adventure franchise, we've never really done a ton of water stuff right. um, a little bit here and there, but not like this of like, this is a whole water underwater sequence. Yes. And you got it. I loved Antonio Benderes as Ronaldo. I really did. And, and saw, what I will just say is a dumb tweet going around uh, of a uh, film critic type saying, what a, what a horrible misuse of, of a big actor in a blockbuster. Like, no, that's, this is, it's not how it always works. And this is fun. And this was great. And you want an amazing actor bringing so much uh, to this one little role. I, I loved it. I loved this character. Yeah, no, I, I would have loved more of him because he's great, but to say it's somehow, bad because you know an actor decided on <laughs> to take a smaller role yeah he, he served a, gr- a great purpose and was charming and and yeah um so uh other other action moments you liked uh ronaldo's death was that a big one <laughs> oh, it's so sad uh yeah no, no it's terrible more too yeah um well that's it was too it just her the tension of explaining the stuff and, and giving the details and the dynamite and i think um they, you know, because they do such a good job with the character of, of Helena up to that point where the fortune and glory seems to be driving her more. 
uh, and does for a long time. I, I think I had a little bit of the, okay, she, she's selling out. Like, what are we going to do? But then the moment the dynamite there, it all, all makes sense, of course. Um, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was a different kind of classic indie tension. Yeah, because a lot of times the people who are wrestling with those the issues that she is are are the baddies and they don't learn. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, the the dynamite thing was was really fun and and I loved her uh, being being proud of herself for it. Yeah. Um, I another action woman I liked uh, is it was one of those. Hey, I'm really wondering how this is going to resolve. Is the the big bruiser because norm normally mm-hmm. they you know India has a big showdown. It's like what are they going to do with that? And I had I was starting to think like. He can find some sort of clever, you know, drop something on him (laughs) kind of thing without having to go toe to toe. And like, I was thinking this right when uh, Teddy takes care of the big bruiser by clamping him to that grating underwater. Oh, yeah. Horrifying for me, but I loved it. Terrifying, but uh, good job, Teddy. (laughs) Yeah. Teddy's Teddy's a crowd favorite, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Absolutely great. Uh, I just got a couple more. How many more action beats Um, do you have? Yeah, uh, going going ahead to um, getting towards the third act there. For the whole puzzle sequence, the water displacement, uh, which was uh, um, true to to Archimedes. If, if you if you take the dive down the rabbit hole, like I've been doing since the film, uh, a lot of fun. But I, uh, Helen on the motorcycle, getting that motorcycle, coming around the corner because it's it's. Um, it's one of the figures you can buy, not like the Black Series, but it's like one of those little uh, the adventure hero ones, the ones that I, you know, the, that are for kids. But it's like her on right, a with motor- the big weird heads. Yeah, yeah. She's on a motorcycle, so I knew kind of going to the movie, you know. I can't remember if it was in the trailer or not, but so she comes riding around on that. I, I had that like, yeah, that's that's bleeping cool. <laughs> that's bleeping cool. I love that. And then it leads to her getting just getting that whole signal to getting on the plane and the rain going up the. Uh, uh, the wheel, uh, the wheel uh, uh, chamber there. I, I loved. I, I loved it. It was, uh, it was, it was classic indie. Uh, but her pulling it off to, uh, you know, tie to the themes of going to save, uh, save indie. That that was one of my favorites too. Is just is well shot and well acted. It mm-hmm. it it reminded me of the same intensity that indie has back in Raiders of like, uh, what truck? Like I'm going after it no matter what. And the yeah. the wage is being pelted. Uh, with the rain and just like I am, I full willpower mode engaged. I'm not letting this happen. I'm not letting them get away with with Indy yeah. or or the you know uh, the damage they're going to do with the dial. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, and then you got Teddy getting on the plane at the same time, and and Teddy and the pilot, the Luigi, all that stuff. But it's just a uh, uh, fun. Uh, you know, late in the film, we're still going strong. Sometimes your sense your senses can get overloaded. I totally get that. Long mm-hmm. action sequences in this film, totally get that. Uh, but it it, it uh, brought a new energy towards the end for me. Yeah, and, and every time I see a film that I'm loving that's a little bit longer, and uh, I don't manage my uh, water intake well, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and really need to urinate, it's always full of water scenes. So right about it was right about when they were draining the water. Like, damn it! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That it started to hit. So uh, yes, enjoyable but also torturous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I did really like Indy uh, having that trembling hand, but but taking out the Nazi to to return the favor and and save Helena when that Nazi is hanging onto her. Oh yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah. Oh god, I love that moment too, where she just opens up the the bomb bag. To her. Oh yeah, I don't like. Yes, I should have written that down. That mm-hmm. that just like bye everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, final one for me is just all the the great fun they had with. Not only did uh, did Voler and uh clabber mm-hmm. um n- not end up in the war that they wanted to that 
you know, to, to, to be killed by the old ways with mm-hmm. the <laughs> mm-hmm. with the Roman steel piercing uh, the dragon and uh, them just both watching as yeah. they go down. I, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. There's different ways to end your villains in, in India. I, I, I totally get that. But I, that one was uh, it was just grounded in a, in a it's weird to say it was grounded in a reality in a uh, two uh, you know, was a 212 uh, BC <laughs> 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 historical battle of Syracuse. Uh, I just the look on both their faces of, of realizing what this got them. Um, and in fact, this is some of my favorite mad stuff is is him. When the continental drift stuff pops up and he realizes it's too late and he's like, turn around, turn around, the fear, the panic, everything about it. I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was spectacular and, and no, no surprise from someone like Mads Mickelson, but, uh, yeah, it no. really made that ending effective. He, he really, uh, I think uh, they've always had good, good, bad, bad person actors, but mm-hmm. uh, he, he was particularly great and made it feel powerful and real and was, you know, given room and lines and moments to, to make that, uh, make that play. And I think, yeah, they, the, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to dominate history <laughs> instead, you know, oh, I've been murdered by history. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to be permanent yeah. resident. Taken out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, uh, let's go on from that to comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this film was, was very, very funny. Um, uh, a couple of the things that I managed to write down from early on, um, the, I, I laughed aloud at, uh, at Indy just handing the clock to the rando on the street. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Love that. It is a particularly good one. <laughs> there, there you um, <laughs> there, there, there. um and then uh there's a there's a ton of great stuff right away. Great kind of classic banter uh when uh Helena approaches him at the bar. But I love that his initial response is whatever I did, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A really funny line, and one of the things that like really made me feel like, oh, this is an indie who's who's going through his best and worst hits of like, yeah. I've really let a lot of people down, and I've really pissed off a lot of people. And odds are, somebody approaching me who knows who I am is going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that angle of it too. Of like, this probably has happened at least six times in a bar in the last two years or something. You know, <laughs> just really yeah. and just too tired. Just like, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Very funny. The it's like Reno, nothing around, and I uh, can't remember what. No blackjack. No blackjack. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a great grumpy old uh, indie line. What were some uh, comedy moments for you? It was. Uh, there was the um, even even early on. Uh, uh, you know when he when when the, when the Beatles are blaring and he goes and he's you know wandering through. By the way, at the premiere, probably because obviously Harrison was there. Him walking around in his boxers shirtless got a round of applause that is, uh, I, think <laughs> uh, I think it was, it was, people were happy to see it. Um, but when he grabs the bat, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just thought it was really funny. Like, what are you oh, going to yeah. do? What are you going to do, Andy? Like, who are you? Uh, so I love that. Uh, there's actually a moment uh, on the train sequence. Uh, Toby Jones is a great performer, obviously. Uh, he's got, and he plays it well. But he's got that moment where they're going to jump off the, he's like, we got to jump. And he goes, what about my dingy knee? <laughs> what about my dingy knee? And, and, and pulls it off. Anyways, I, I, I thought he was a perfect, uh, you know, college buddy, as you said, uh, for Indiana Jones in a way. Yeah. So great. I mean, that's such a, a tradition of uh, the Indiana Jones adventures of Indy having some companion he's yelling at to hurry up and do the action thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. really fun to revisit that. Yeah. So I quite enjoyed that. Quite enjoyed the energy there. Yeah. Uh, jumping forward a bit, um, 
I I loved uh, Indy and Involder coming face to face again at the um, at the the attempt to sell the dial. Yeah. Um, and kind of classic, you, you know, <laughs> but in his line of your face rings a bell to uh, mm-hmm. call back to him getting hit on the train was that guy got a great laugh in the theater. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, by the way, the, the, the moment where Voller gets uh, smacked off the train by that, uh, that pipe is um, every time, two times, everyone, it's a collective. Oh, so love that action too. And it's kind of cut. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's both. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. in, in that same sequence, like a, you know, kind of classic, uh, bad guy line of, you know, you, you should have stayed at home or whatever it is. Fuller says, he says, you should have stayed out of Poland. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just got a few more. How about you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, we all have to acknowledge the, uh, Teddy saying the eels looking like snakes and just Harris yeah. giving the solid. No, they don't. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, that's one of those like check marks you kind of need. Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge just has what I would call her trademark fast paced reactions uh, and, and comments and banter, which means is, I think a third or fourth viewing, I'll, I'd be able to pick out all the specific line, I, I, specific lines. I do love her. Yeah, I, you stole from him. I stole from you. That's capitalism. I thought that was a that's a great sound sound bite to use. Um, loved all that there, and just even yeah, even the banter where she's trying to explain a lot of stuff in the in the car chase, it just got to be, and you know, he's got the, I forget the exact line, but it, how, how you know how how did you turn out? What self sufficient? Great, yeah, 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 I love, I just love all her energy and banter. Yeah, yeah, dashing, charming. I think yeah. uh, something something like that. Yeah, it's it, it's a great trailer moment. It was in the previous scene they, that we got. Uh, we're lucky to see at Star Wars Celebration, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it really great stuff. Fits her character. Um, I, I do, even though, uh, even though the air gets taken out of the balloon immediately by, um, by, uh, Indy saying, Hey, my friend died. I, I do like that. I was like dynamite in a tight situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it, it really isn't that wise. It's not a good thing to like. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a, in a jumping forward a bit, cause I, yeah, I didn't manage to write down as, as many, uh, uh comedy lines as, as I laughed at, but, um, I like it when uh, she is dangling uh, from the plane and that's when uh, Indy discovers that he has, uh, that she has come to, to save him and says, what are you doing? I'm rescuing you. Pretty cra- classic, straightforward joke, but a satisfying one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Love that. Yeah. And then uh, the, the, the Helena punch of caring at the end, yeah. it was, it got a laugh. It got a gasp. It, it was, you know, the heart of the film in lots of ways, but it was still a great joke too. Yeah, no, both times uh, I saw it, it, it got the biggest laugh in the theater and it, and it works. I, I think some of it might be that, you know, again, what we're talking about of like, Oh no, are they going to kill him? Oh no, they're not. It might be a release of energy, but love it. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you anymore? Uh, I, I'm going to have more when we revisit this movie on, on perilous podcasts, uh, review. Uh, cause, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I, you said it well, uh, I don't have as many lines written down as lines that I laughed at. But I enjoyed it, and I thought it was—I thought it was—I um, thought the comedy was just well played. I, I, I really, really think, I really think it was. Uh, and I, and and the joke <laughs> when Voller makes the joke uh, of turbulence, and, and he says, "You're German, don't be funny." Um, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teddy had a good one too that I forget. Teddy had a lot. So mm-hmm. how's how's that for fascinating podcasting, everyone? There are funny jokes that I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, but that, there you go. Uh, was there anything that you struggled with or questioned? We talk about the, the up and down of the CGI, but was there anything else uh, that bumped for you? 
Um, so yeah, the simplest one for me, as I said before, is length, but this movie absolutely moves. So it's not a, was not a problem in the second viewing. And by the way, I had like a rum and Coke and a large Minute Maid peach drink. I was like, I'm definitely going to have to go to the bathroom, but I've seen it once. So I know when to leave. I never left because I didn't want to. And it, uh, it, it, it just, um, flowed, no pun intended, so nicely. So, um, but you know, I know a lot of complaints, not just about this movie, but movies in general or two and a half hours or three hours. I don't have a problem with it on the surface. It's part of the reason I don't invest by going in the theater as much as I used to because I want to press pause when I do. So I, I, other, I will say the first viewing, I felt it just a little bit. There was kind of the what I call like a second exposition beat. Might have been around the time of the the boat, the dynamite gimmick, but um, uh, I, I, I just I, I didn't feel it the second time around. So that's that's the starting point. I have, I have some uh, other tiny things as well, but that's my biggest one. Yeah, I, I think um, for me, like I'm, I'm torn about the length. I thought, I thought it moved well. I was entertained the entire time. I think that there was a real awareness of playing with expectations, and I think it was very successful in lots of ways. And I feel like, kind of in the, I'd have to see it again to be very, very confident in this opinion. Uh, and it might have been affected by my bladder, but I feel like in the build up to the third act, you know, you can feel the third act coming. You kind of feel like, oh, here's where the climax is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's that sense that is the is the Archimedes tomb the location of the climax? Oh no 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 no, we're getting on the plane. Oh, and, and now and now it's not just a plane. We are going we are going back in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of building to wh- where is this? Uh, where's where's the big third act finale happening? I thought it was really effective because I think it does uh, help you forget that maybe not even forget. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it helps the 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 shock and the surprise of the time travel. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I had a little bit of the oh, okay, they are gonna they are gonna keep going and go to that there. So I think it was uh, yeah, that works for me. Yeah. And I did I did expect them to go. So I think I think maybe that was part of my reaction. Is I feel like I, like I feel like the climax is the past so mm-hmm. how soon are we going to get there yeah, yeah from you know from the tomb to to, to time travel how, how how quick uh and all this stuff on the plane is great and necessary and teddy mm-hmm. and everything it was great yeah um i think the the only other thing for me uh and, and i i will you know be curious to see people's reaction really love the inclusion of, of agent mason mm-hmm. um and to have a figure who is like, yeah, America's dropping the ball and this is awful and I'm not going to just do anything in in the name of mm-hmm. I'm CIA and I have a gun and I'll do whatever I need to do. And then, you know, so I, I really like the character and I think I had, as the character was introduced, I was intrigued by, is she going to meet up with Indy? And, and you know, like in Crystal Skull, by the end, Indy's got 800 people traveling with him. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. So I, I had an expectation that perhaps she would, uh, not an expectation. I wondered as I sat and watched the film, because I didn't even know that a character was in the film, mm-hmm. um, if she would meet up. And it, it was a little hard to, you know, watch her uh, just die. Just die, just get shot. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's the villains and it's the point, but then I think I'm just, you know, kind of sensitive to who gets to live through the movie. Um, right, right, right. Kind of, kind of issues, and, and, and I'll be interested to see people's thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah, of course, I've also tried to isolate myself from a lot of public discourse, but uh, that's a good yep. one to have. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think. Um, yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying there too. Uh, um, even though, yeah, I do think it was the point, but sometimes, what points? You know, what do we make, need to make all the points? <laughs> yeah, or in, how, how how do we? Yeah, I have no problem with with you know uh, not Nazis. You know 
kill the American agent that we're actually going to stop them. It's, it's the casting of, you know, a a black woman and then, you know, uh, and then not having her be able to see through, which see, she, you know, have a longer arc, which has just been a discussion in so many films of, you know, uh, various tropes of, of who, who dies, uh, you know, earlier in, in films. And I think I was just sort of sensitive to that and responding to that. Yeah. And 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 it's sudden and early. So Mm -hmm. you feel it. Yeah. 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 Um, is there anything we haven't touched on that you wanted to? Um, part of it is, uh, it's nothing I struggle with. So it's just a good spot to talk about it. Um, I, I think the end beat works so wonderfully cause uh, it's moved me both times. Uh, it, it works in so many ways. Um, there's some stuff out there that there was that, I don't even know. Yeah. I think it might've even been like the 2016 range draft of, uh, there was going to be an adventure where Marion and Indy were kind of on it together. Um, mm. uh, and I was looking up some stuff today. Uh, I was chatting about it with our, our buddy Ken Plume about it too. And, and that's one of those like, well, we'll never get that. Um, but that would have been awesome. That would have been an awesome, whatever that movie was, that would have been something I would have wanted to experience. Uh, and, and them more on equal footing and getting to, to go out on an adventure. So, so it's, it's, it's in the same category for me, but not the same thing of, yeah, I love Force Awakens. We don't see the big three on film together again. And that's mm-hmm. always going to be a loss to some folks, which I understand because I, I I feel it too. But I wouldn't trade that for the end of Force Awakens with Luke on the hill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the ending here uh, and the emotional beat, the comedy beat, talk about comedy, him covering her face, but then uncovering it while she's not looking at the end of the movie. I, it just worked too well for me. So that said, the compromise in my mind is, uh, I know people um, are cynical about this now, but give me the Disney Plus one-hour special called Indian Marion, The Happy Year. Just the one year <laughs> we're happy with no problems. I don't know what year it is. We Just give give that to me. I mean, the the, the Nazis are pulling all this stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been thinking about this. I need to, I need to look up um, Mutt's age in 1957 because that's the key to figuring out how long were they together yeah. uh, after Raiders. And then we know that they were together for quite a while mm-hmm. um, here this time around. Um, so yeah, I think there's plenty of room. Maybe, maybe you could even jump back and forth in time in animated movie of the good years, Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood (laughs) and the thrill of the good years. I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. It's almost like it's, it's, uh, pining for might've been, uh, even though you don't dislike what was, Mm -hmm. um, Force Awakens is a great example in our Indiana Jones exploration. You know, I love Temple of Doom, but I really acknowledge that, you know, that there are some, cultural sensitivity issues and you know when i learned that there was going to be basically a version of haunted of doom ha- haunted of doom temple of doom that was a haunted castle in scotland like ah, i kind of want to see that yeah 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 no, i love that even though i love temple of doom um for me uh two things i mentioned it briefly uh hr puff and stuff um if if you're if you don't know what that is give yourself the treat of googling it this was just one of the mm-hmm. just <laughs> things in the whole slew of show by those creators that I was exposed to early on and sometimes when I'm like why did I turn out the way I was like because yeah. this was presented to me as normal on television that's why uh, uh, yeah HR I love the inclusion of HR Puff and stuff I'd, for I think for him to be just like what the, why am I even still alive what the hell is this <laughs> Sigmund the sea monster I gotta tell you I have yeah. you know those memories of watching that show and I they terrified me as a kid like I didn't know yeah. it, and then I had like by like the late 80s, it was one of those things where I'm like, did I dream that up? <laughs> like, what was that? 
Yep. You, nope. You, it's all real. The Bugloos, Electro Woman, and Dinah Girl, yeah. the Land of the Lost. It all happened, Ken. It all it's real. Happened. I was there, man. It was real. I was there. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the final thing for me, because we haven't really touched on the scene uh, itself a ton. I mean, you were kind of talking about it, but the um, I felt like the whole film, to my taste, had a great balance between they promoted it as the last one, the end of the journey. You should do some looking back. It's the looking back is one of the main themes of the film, but we're also in an era where uh, nods to the past, uh, you know, Easter eggs for the sake of Easter eggs have become a sore point. I, I think that they are perhaps overdone. Mm-hmm. I thought that this film hit hit it just right. We're like, yeah, come on, you want to you want a snake mention? Like, yeah, come on, you want some bugs? You know, you like yeah. you want to do some of the Indiana Jones things. Uh, but you also want to push into the new, which I thought the film did so successfully, which is all of, all a build up to say I absolutely loved the choice to use uh, some of Indian Marion's classic dialogue in a new context. Um, mm, yeah, and and I, I, for that last scene, and 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 I'm sure there are some people who you know don't like it or think it's repetitive or whatever. Um, but the the fact that you know, all those years ago when, when they were young, this conversation was about physical wounds mm-hmm. and they're happy to be reunited. They need to know that they can be together. They've already established that. It's just like, there was no end to her grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she couldn't be around him anymore. And, and he disappeared into, into himself um, and disconnected. And they're both kind of tentatively reaching out saying, this isn't going to be all easy. This isn't going to be all sunshine and roses, but you know, we, through, through the pain we're still experiencing, do we want to both be there for one another? And then using this shared memory and taking what used to be physical pain to talk, you know, very clearly about deep emotional pain. It wasn't just like call back. Everybody knows that's from Raiders. It was a, about the changes of time and that, this is the negotiation that the tender, sad, beautiful acknowledgement they need to give each other that it does still hurt a lot, but they can be together and they want to be together, even though they're both in pain. Yeah. So I really love that, that breakdown of it. You're, you're right. We didn't spend as much time, but we just did right now. So there you go. It's a beautiful, beautiful look at it. Um, because I think, um, not to take such a beautiful ending, because I, th- I think you're all right, uh, all right about the use of it, the thematic uh, uh, use of it. Um, I, 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 I don't know how to get say this without getting too angry, but it's like just because you heard something you recognize, just because it's a direct callback, is it's not a cheap nostalgia pop. Sometimes it is, and you're right. Sometimes mm-hmm. into it. I thought this movie did a great job of it's more the imagery, it's the situations, it's the dialogue. Um, there, there's some callbacks because there would be, but like the, him saying, well, you, yeah, you never been forced to drink the blood of Kali or tortured by voodoo. He didn't then go and then chase the grail. He didn't run down a list there. It was just a real life reference. Cause he'd say that that blew mm-hmm. his mind as he struggles with his actual age and his shoulders and a steel plate and everything, all the, the cost of his adventures or what's behind that line and his experience. And so this, this time around the use of it, um, uh, is, is is justified, and again, I agree with you. Sometimes it's not, and sometimes it is uh, paint by numbers. Not just in Indiana Jones or Star Wars or Marvel or anything. It's just in, in in life. I totally get it. 
I totally get it. But it's there to be used and they used it well. Yeah. And for me, it's a real case by case basis. Yeah. It isn't just, you know, I, I, I do, I, I get frustrated when people's review of something is, is the, it, the member berries is a South Park joke, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that, that I think that that's, getting to be a knee-jerk response and i think it's because we are you know we're in a time where where we've we're revisiting lots and lots and lots of stories or something that's popular like the mcu has this huge you know canon of of literature to refer back to so there is lots of references so we are there is probably too many we are probably you know mm-hmm. overwhelmed with them because of the nature of our storytelling because we're not getting as many quite as many brand new stories and the ones we are getting aren't as popular mm-hmm. um, with exception. So yeah, we've, we've been inundated with them, but they're not good or bad mm-hmm. by existing. They're good or bad by their context to the modern story in which they're being used. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I really wanted to say, I think this film has a good balance. And that one in particular has a, an elegance in a, in a, beauty to it because it speaks to their relationship that that's to them that's not dialogue from Raiders of the Lost Ark that's a shared memory of them coming back together yes yes like y'all out there ever been in a relationship (laughs) (laughs) how many how many uh, yeah I mean I think that's the thing too I was thinking about like my wife and I have you know uh, callbacks Mm -hmm. who in a relationship doesn't those little things that you say to each other that Mm -hmm. are the the tip of the iceberg of meaning and and we and when you you invoke it you know how much more depth is under there yeah and to 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 make this about can can we get past the pain and and help each other Mm -hmm. beautiful yeah it goes the line and this is not something that I think uh it's been said by a couple of people online that were friends with Adam Witt and then Adam Halavik. Adam's got the good points out there. If just like with CGI, just because you you look, watch, and see something and and know that it was generated by a computer, does not automatically make it bad. As if you can't tell, you know, you, oh, unless I tell the difference, uh, unless I can't tell the difference, it's not successful, right? Uh, mm. You know, there's some things in this movie that look, look great. That a lot of people talked about uh, him walking on top of the train at the beginning. Um, this and that, of course, but it's like, um, just the mere presence of it doesn't make it bad. And that's the same thing for me with, with like references or inside jokes. The mere presence of it does not make it a nostalgia trap. Those member bears you're talking about. And, and it gets, I get a little frustrated with it because it, 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 it needs to always be case by case basis. Yeah. Case by case basis. Yeah, new four center t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, uh, I, 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 I don't have a lot to say about the John Williams uh, music because I was so wrapped up in everything. Uh, the movie playing out, uh, that was one of the things I really wanted to focus on on my second viewing. So um, I, I can't wait to, sometimes it, it takes me a viewing or two for the new themes to to really land. Um, I was lucky to hear him play Helena's theme uh, live mm-hmm. um, at the Hollywood Bowl last year. Uh, I think he broke the news of the character's name. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't know if he was supposed to. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh and that piece is absolutely beautiful, and I look forward to concentrating on it more. I know we have uh, listeners who are much more music experts and much more sensitive to it and could uh, do a two-hour podcast about the music, but I'm looking forward to uh, experiencing it more down the line. Yeah, yeah, and uh, as someone who's seen it two times but also struggles to focus on the themes until later on, I can say, spoiler, it's good. <laughs> it was real effective. Yeah, music's good. 
Yeah. All right. I think we've done it. I think we are at the end, Ken. I'm looking at the time. Oh, we did exceed the film, uh, which has been our tradition for the Perilous uh, podcast for Indiana Jones. So here is a fun question to wrap up. If you could time travel to 1969, what would you do there? Look, here's the thing. You want me to give you some real profound answer, maybe go to my, uh, parents and say, hey, maybe you should instill some confidence in me uh, about uh, my art or maybe, the, the, you know, you, I know you want that. I know you want that. Here's what I would do. You're talking about 1969, particularly the summer of 1969. I'm going back and placing a bet on the New York Mets to win the World Series. And then I will live off my winnings with Biff Tannen in the Pleasure Paradise Casino Hotel. That That is one of the moments in history where you need to go back and bet because that was the shocker of shocks. And it happened in 69. love it love it i was gonna say you know go go see my uh young father uh play in in his uh first band play the drums in his first band but then i was like there's this uh restaurant in palm springs called melvin's that sinatra used to hang out in all the time and apparently would uh, you know actually uh chat with people it would be a toss-up between my dad and frank sinatra (laughs) (laughs) i think your dad understand I think you would. I think you would. Uh, that That's a, a fun way to conclude uh, a discussion of a series that is a lot about father issues, is the, the choice between dad and Frank Sinatra. How do you make it? How do you make it? Uh, well, that is it. Ken, do you want to take us home? I'd love to take us home. We do it my way and yours and yours and yours. Uh, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Perilous Podcast. Uh, who knows if the Indiana Jones adventure and journey is done here on the show? Uh, we'll figure out a way. There's still 22 uh, movies <laughs> under the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones banner. We yes. get to them. I'm um, having an absolute blast watching that series. To find out more and keep up to date with us, you can go to Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Thanks to those who watched our live stream recently more common uh also we are on facebook at four center podcast uh merch available tpublic.com slash user slash four center you want to listen to the podcast on your favorite uh, podcast site just search you'll find us except for maybe not stitcher because that went away no didn't i don't know uh but we're out there everywhere uh, patreon.com slash four center is where you can support us directly follow me at catnapsock or catnapsock.com for more comedy shows coming up including july 20th American Comedy Company, San Diego, Mark Ellis and Friends. So if you're out there for Comic-Con, come see the show. Joseph, where can they find you and uh, Frank Sinatra? <laughs> well, you can find me uh, spinning some Frank Sinatra tunes in my apartment from time to time. Um, but you can find me on social media where I'll probably talk about Frank Sinatra a little bit. Uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle everywhere. Twitter, Blue Sky. Find me on Blue Sky and we'll see if that social media can possibly mm-hmm. <laughs> live up to its name. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and all the other social media at Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle. Uh, been having so much fun working on short films. Uh, more uh, about those coming very soon. This whole thing, Ken, has been an absolute delight to dive deeper into Indiana Jones. And, and what a great what a great cap to the journey to, to watch this film that I think is extremely deep extremely moving uh but also has an old man riding a horse in the subway <laughs> that's indiana jones to me and i've been so happy to go on the ride it's been an amazing time uh, i've always said hey it's my favorite cinematic character he, he he truly is and i think my love of uh, an understanding of the character has only grown on this perilous podcast journey so thanks uh thanks to everyone for listening that is it we'll see you next time here on force center 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.